Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Welcome everyone to the spotlight. It is Thursday, January 18th. I'm Jeremy Lambert. That's Steven Jensen. Shout out as always to Big Dick MLJ for the intro. Jensen, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Just getting this morning started off. Back in my, my little home office, as you'll see in the interview with Knick, as well. Doing some rearranging. Looks pretty similar behind me for the most part still, guys, but I will continue to work on the background, but Everything around me is a little bit different. Uh, I got a whole bunch of, you can kind of see some like the loose figures and stuff out there, but try to kind of keep it like this for now. I'm still, I'm still rearranging in here, but everything's good. Everything's good. How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm a little under the weather. Uh, I, I watched Dynamite half asleep last night. I caught up on what I needed to catch up on for, for the show this morning. I got to go back and rewatch stuff, though. Uh, I was not feeling well at the end of yesterday. I'm, I'm not feeling great. This morning, I'm gonna power through this show and then go to sleep. Hey, I, I hear you. I'll, I'm gonna power through. Well, I shouldn't say power through the show. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing the show, but then going to go walk going to this new job again, which I will. I have a little progress since last time. They haven't given okay. me the official good. thing, until, but it's it's some it's some. I've had some good progress since. I've had to make a long story short because I know people don't want to hear this every time we we start the show. Um, I had to send more of my information to HR um, of like the last week. And they were like, the only reason you would have to do this is like for the, like, there's no other reason I would have had to send additional information over. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where like, it's a lot of moving pieces. They, they, they clarified some stuff. It sounds like they're trying to fill my position right now. And there's, so it's like, there's moving pieces. Like, so someone's going to need to get my job. There's an opening for me and the other thing. It's just the timing thing, but Luckily, it sounds like things are all still good for, you know, the promotion. Hopefully I'll have 
I'll, I'll, I'll definitely keep you guys filled in, but I appreciate all the support. And there's been people DMing me and stuff too, like just like asking how it's going and stuff. So I appreciate y'all. I'll give you, I'll give you a heads up once I have like an official offer again. But like, like I said, there's, there's literally no reason for them to have had me do the steps that I have recently done unless I was supposed to be getting that job or otherwise they're just completely messing with me. And then, then there, then there's a problem that we're going to figure out, but like that there's, I don't know. Oh, why a giant do. rib on you. <laughs> you yeah. going through all of these hoops. You're actually getting fired. You're doing all of this. Right. They're, replace you. <laughs> they're, they're setting up my exit interview. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, but yeah, it's, I, I, you know, I, and even with that, like everything, it's all, it's all good. The weather's freaking cold. I've been dripping my faucets for like, three or four days straight like so my pipes don't burst so i'm afraid of that happening so that's not good well hopefully it's it's cold here i don't know what it is today it's been freezing here they they, they, the kids didn't have school yesterday because it was just so so cold out wasn't snowy or anything just so cold that they're like yeah we can't sit you out here in good conscience so weather weather's awful all around uh we got a super chat from tommy mandard shout out to the best show on fifo we appreciate you tommy you guys can leave a, a super chat if you would like get your question comment statement read on the air you can leave us a thumbs up on the video if you would like to do that as well let's see if we can get the fireworks going i don't know if we're gonna get them leave us a thumbs up on the video subscribe to the channel there we go subscribe to the channel as well if you'd like to do that uh and head over to fifo overbooked and subscribe over there maggie's in the chat maggie's on fifo overbooked every friday at 3 p.m eastern with coexisting so if you if you like maggie then go to fifo overbooked to subscribe do that all right subscribe yes. to the channel do all that fun stuff support maggie maggie rules maggie's maggie. one of the people who's been checking up on me about the job so thank you maggie maggie is a is a tremendous fantastic person we always appreciate her hanging out with us on her uh thursday mornings when we do i guess it's like afternoon for her uh but thursday mornings when we do with this here show all right let's get into it. let's start with dynamite actually we'll, we'll start with there i'm old and i'm fucking tired and i work with fucking children <laughs> I'm tired of wrestling these kids that think they uh, they know everything. <laughs> it's still so good. It's still so good. And it's relevant because even though CM Punk, it's a CM Punk heavy episode, even though we're not actually talking about CM Punk, his True. power, his influence, even though CM Punk is no longer in AEW, he was kind of referenced last night during the Young Bucks interview as they were talking about, you know, they are Nicholas and Matthew now Jackson, I guess not uh, Massey or, or Buck as they were in uh, <laughs> TNA. Yeah, they, uh... Nicholas and Matthew, they said that it's time to, to start being EVPs again. And, you know, we, we, we lost sight of our goal. Our goal was to change the world when we started this. And we lost sight of that. And why? Because we started leaning on uh, the stars of yesterday, the self-serving, cancerous <clears throat> stars of yesterday. And they said, we're not talking about Sting. But Sting is, is very, you know, he's, he's an older guy. He's a guy of the past that we don't need. We don't need to rely on anymore. And he needs to get out of here. It's time to start changing the world again. And it starts at revolution and they are they are gonna basically do the match revolution they didn't confirm it they had a meeting to go to but they're basically doing the match at revolution <clears throat> young bucks nicholas and matthew what do you think of this jensen <clears throat> i love this i mean we've been talking for a while about how the young bucks need 
some sort of change. Like just like they're they've been stagnant for a while, kind of like just kind of stuck in in a spot. And like at the end of the day, we've said this a lot too, but like they are EVPs in the company and the E and all elite wrestling. That's that's them. That's them, Hangman, Cody, and and, and Kenny, of course. But <clears throat> you know the. I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, I, I young bucks have a lot of haters, also, right? They're just gonna hate everything that they do. So, like, I see that also. But like, I, I'm very, I'm at least, I'm interested in this idea. Like, this is a good character change. This makes me think more now that they are gonna beat Sting and Darby because, like, the other week I was a little more leaning towards Sting and Darby retaining, or not retaining, but winning. But now I'm like, well, if the story is gonna be more like the young bucks cleaning aew of people like sting this would be like kind of the beginning of that and then they go over this see this also would have been a good opportunity potentially if like there's just a thought like if like they if if they could have done this with like andrade if they could have set it up where like he was leaving the company already right. and like the young bucks had gotten him first or something you know, like they could have already kind of started this story of people who have already left you know, and they can continue it with people who might not resign going forward. And that might be the idea, but they could have already done that with Andrade. Like right now you had the opportunity. Someone already has left that was from the WWE previously. That kind of fits, doesn't fit the sting legend mold, but you guys know what I mean. Previous WWE superstar and all that stuff for Andrade. So um, I think there's a lot of potential with, uh, with this story. And I like that they're, you know, they tied in them being EVPs in the actual interview also. Um, and they were, they were rude to Renee too. Like they were like, you weren't here when we started, but we'll kind of fill you in because you're kind of in this boat also that we're talking about, you know, it's like, but, but at the same time, you know, Samoa Joe is a world champion who like, I still view as, you know, he's still Samoa Joe. I still think of, you know, the ring of honor world title run TNA, like Samoa Joe is an indie guy, like, like in his heart, you know, he's like, he's a real, you know, Samoa Joe's credibility is, is through the roof always. But he is also like a for, he's a former WWE talent himself. You know what I mean? So like, is he included in this? Like, who all who are they actually targeting? Um, but I like once again, I like the idea. I like the concept of this. I like Nicholas and Matthew Jackson. I like I like the presentation being different. These guys are wearing like different colors, but they're rocking the mustache. And I don't know. I I once again, I can't stress it enough. They needed some sort of change. They need to remind people why they're EVPs in the company, why the Ian Ali wrestling is, is them. And this is, this is hope I think for young bucks fans and for the sting and Darby feud. Like, I think this was a good way to kick off an actual feud and story more so than just like, you know, a match between the two, right? We're getting some layers here with the story. It's going to be that. And, you know, Sting and Darby responded and they said they want the tag team titles as well. So maybe they do get the tag titles, which they should have been going for a long time ago, given their record. Maybe they get the tag titles. And then I do think, yeah, the, the Bucks are probably going to end up winning these tag titles in, in Sting's last match. That's what I felt coming out of uh, last night with these these two particular segments. As far as just the Bucks go, they're the best. But- <laughs> petty little dickheads and i mean that as a compliment that is when they're at their best when they're when they were doing stuff on bte which were little inside shots and you know just taking taking petty swipes and stuff that's what made the young bucks the young bucks is is they went against a a lot of stuff that we had seen that's why people would get mad at them then and they're gonna be mad at them now 
you mentioned they're going to have their haters and their detractors. The Young Bucks can't do anything to like get people on their side. People have made up their mind on the Young Bucks based on whatever evidence they have of like, yeah, I don't like them as wrestlers. I don't like them as people. Like they've already made up their mind. They're going to be able to do anything to try to like change that perception of them because they did kind of try that. They did that with the start of AEW. It's like, we don't want to win the tag titles immediately. We do want to help build younger guys immediately. Like they tried to do that. And then it was just like, oh, the young bucks are overrated now. Or it was like, why don't the young bucks actually do this? Aren't they the leaders of the company? Like no matter what, they're just going to have haters on no matter what they do. So you might as well lean into it, appeal to that core fan base and tell good stories off of that. And that's what they're doing. The punk stuff. I know how punk fans react online. We know how punk fans react. People aren't going to like that. Tough shit. He's out of the company. They're allowed to do what they want. Punk is allowed to do what he wants on television too. He's taking shots with the, who hits somebody backstage? Who does that? Like they're allowed to do this stuff. Like whatever there, there's going to be no match. So at this point, now you're just looking at who, who Kelly, who, who can out petty who that's all it is. Yeah. And it's all just, you know, someone's word versus someone's word until we know if we ever find out. Because, I mean, it sounds like there's NDAs involved with, like, pretty much everyone that was actually involved with most of these backstage, you know, scuffles or whatever. Um, Outside of, like, you know, Jericho and the stuff he's tweeted, he's claiming, you know, that he could say stuff and hasn't. And I think it's, like, maybe, like, what, like, Ace Steel's wife or something, like, was, like, present, apparently. So, like, there's a couple people, I guess, that can – or maybe I get to – Technically speaking, you know, I shouldn't say technically speaking. This is just from outside looking in. Because I know there's also, to the contrary, uh, certain lawyers and stuff might say, well, no, you actually do have an NDA also. Like, and you like you can't say anything either. You, know, you think you can. So who knows what we will and won't ever find out about what actually happened. And even then, that's going to be personal retellings of the situation. Even then, you know, you know, I could be... Um, you know, I could be the biggest Kenny Omega fan in the world and think that he's, you know, the most truthful person ever or whatever. But, like, it's still, he's still going to have certain bias, you know, towards the young bucks in that situation, I'm sure. You know, so, like, you might see things differently than, like, how Ace Steel saw things or something, you know. So, like, it's still going to always be, like, what actually happened, what actually led to all this stuff. But at the end of the day, they, you know, Punk can't really talk about it. The Bucks can't really talk about it. But they are, they are there's these little petty jabs still, which, like, make us keep thinking about it. But it sucks because, like you said, there can't be a match. So there's no real payoff to any of this. Even Punk talking about himself being the devil on TV last week, I think, was like an AEW jab a little bit. Because of obviously, the devil story was their main story for months. And like a lot of people were like, well, if CM Punk was still in the company, it probably, would've, it probably should have and would have been him in that mask and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, I, I guess I think we're kind of in the same on the same page. I, and I... I like the idea too, because you, you brought up last weekend again, now that the tag titles, I I really think the tag titles should be involved in this, especially with big bill and, and Ricky Starks being the tag champions. Like, I think they're doing a good job. Like I think it's good. It's done Ricky and, and bill It's given them something like important to be doing in the meantime, like right now, but I would be, you know, I personally prefer if like the young bucks won them and then like sing and Darby won in sings last match or vice versa sing and Darby, like when the titles now and the young bucks take them from them or something. But 
Um, I, I'm really, I'm definitely with you on the idea of the tag, tag titles being involved in the Sting and Darby for Young Bucks uh, final match. Yeah, I think that's where it's going to go. You know, we will, we will see. First thing the Young Bucks got to do is they got to show up on Collision. They're EVPs. You got to show up on every show. So no more, no more duck and Collision, Young Bucks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm trying to think if there's like any. There's like some times with our other topics still potentially, which with, with our other AW topic that like it's kind of loosely, we'll, we'll, we'll tie this all together a little bit. But like Hangman's also very interesting to me, and like he ties in with the Young Bucks in a lot of ways. I think they all got mustaches. That's part of it. I know that's weird, but it's part of it. Like they all change their look. Hangman isn't getting the pops like like Swerve is. You're totally right about that. We talked about that the other week, but like he's still getting you know cowboy shit chance you know once he's in the ring like at the end of the night last night but like his pop to come out and save hook after the samoa joe match like he didn't really get a huge pop for that but like when swerve emerged in the crowd whose house swerve's house i mean it was like immediate like it was like everyone was chanting for swerve and it's like the fans have clearly chosen like swerve swerve is the guy that they want to see potentially as an AEW world champion. They, they definitely at least want to see him get a shot. Um, but we'll talk about the main event here shortly. But do you think that there is any, or do you think it's, personally, I think it'd be good to keep everyone separate for a while at the very least. Like we've done the the, the elite reunions enough times, in my opinion, in AEW already. And at a certain point, it's just going to kind of like lose most of the interest that I would have. Um, I don't know where you go from where we already were with this thing, with the, with the elite, you know, breaking up and reuniting. So do you think they should stay separate, like keep the young bucks away from the hangman, like in the lead up in, in the, the mattress thing and everything? I, I think in the lead up to that. Yes. Um, here's my issue with potentially reuniting the, the elite in this way. The young bucks are heels. They should not go away from being a heel anytime soon. Like you've done the work to lead up to this point to get them to the heel they're they're doing great work it's only one segment but i enjoyed it um and we know they're really good as heels i wouldn't change hangman to also go heel to be this to uh to go along with them one because i feel like that's a kind of a power group when you're talking about two evps and then hangman you it almost takes away from what they're doing with Adam Cole and, and the undisputed kingdom is like, Oh, now we have another very strong power group here as, a, as heels. Like the Adam Cole group should be presented as, as still a top, top heel group that they, they ran the company for how all those months to rid it of MJF, everything. And now it's and like, you oh, also, well, here. you also have the patriarchy, which is like a main heel group, which is somewhat similar. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, the, these were talking about literal EVPs that they've brought up on the show that they are now EVPs. So that that that's going to supersede any type of whatever power you think you have. They are more powerful. I also, I wouldn't turn Hangman heel. I would continue to work to establish him as, as a babyface and, and get him back to that level that we've seen him at. I know Swerve is getting the bigger reactions now, and Joe is even getting great they did great work with hook last night turning him into a really fighting from underneath baby face that that we'll talk about here in a second but i would still go with hangman as as one of your top baby faces so uh, maybe down the line they do reunite once kenny comes back and then 
maybe you can make them a powerful heel group. I I would wait a ways to, to actually do that. Yeah, I'm with you 100 on that. I would I would I would wait, but the Hangman stuff is interesting because he definitely like I want to see him in Samoa Joe, and they'll have a great match. But it's almost like the fans are going to be more behind Samoa Joe almost if they wrestled. I think Samoa Joe is so over, like even though he's a bad guy, he's a heel, but like he's getting a babyface reaction pretty much, even against Hook for the most part. I mean, Hook was getting a reaction too, of course. Sorry if you rubbed my eye. My contacts killing me right now. I need to change this out. Um, but uh, yeah, I would keep the Young Bucks and Heyman separate for the time being. But them all having this, the the mustaches and the 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 kind of you know the character changes and stuff all at the same time is also I don't know. It's worth maybe keeping our eyes on, I guess. Yeah, and you know we'll we'll see if they do bring it all together. There's certainly a story there to tell with them i just wouldn't go back to it right yet until at least until you know omega's status because as much as i do like hangman he's not an evp right that's just not part of his title he's part of the group but he's not actually an evp so you don't need to go to that right now you know, we'll see if they go down that down the line. Uh, Tommy says, sorry, it's Sting and Flair versus the Bucks. Hey, that actually makes more sense if you want to rid of old people. Uh, making it Sting instead of Darby actually makes a lot of sense. True. Um, and Cody funny. says, Hook and Joe ruled. Timeless Tony is so damn funny. Tony was not part of the spotlight, but uh, she doing the promo from Luther's shoulders, pun- <laughs> wanting to punch people in the box. Yeah. Oh, I think I lost Jeremy for a second. You're back. All right. Uh, yes. But I heard the last thing I heard you say was punch it in the box. So. Yeah. Well, you know, then the, the <laughs> my decided to punch me in the box and cut out. Uh, yeah. Time, time was something still rolls. And Deanna, one, Deanna just throwing the shoe back at her, of course. Like, but Deanna playing like the, the straight woman off of this, off of Tony's very over the top character is, uh, is good stuff. So I, I'm looking forward to that match when it eventually happens. Deanna. I'm glad she's immediately coming in and, and being presented as a big star. Um, and yeah, the Thomas Tony stuff continues to be different in a good way from everything else on the show. Yeah. And, and people, even like AEW haters for the most part that I, that I see that generally hate on AEW seem to like the Tony Storm character. Maybe they're biased because they like Tony because she was in the WWE before. I don't know. But like, I'd say, I think everyone is like, even if you don't like AEW, I think everyone's in agreement that this that this gimmick change for Tony, whole time with Tony Storm thing has been really good. It's, it's been it's been funny and it's reinvigorated her career. Like not that it was like in a rut, but you know what I mean. Like this is definitely, I mean, she's doing great work. So good for her. Good for her for thinking outside of the box. It, it's it's similar in certain ways to like like the Broken Hardy. Like when we first started seeing that, it was like so different and out there and bizarre. But it was like. Oh, they like they figured this out though. This works really, really well for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it, it definitely is. You know, one hundred percent working. Um, the the other AW spotlight is Hook and Samoa Joe. Like they the the double standard or whatever Tony wanted to try to claim on this. I think most AEW fans were actually very excited for Hook against Samoa Joe, and uh, they delivered a match that. I felt they they needed to deliver. They did not make Hook go out and be the, you know, 
50-50 kind of match with multiple kickouts. People were mad about the kickout of the Muscle Buster mm-hmm. at one. It was not this long, epic match. One, I don't know if Hook can, can do that yet. Most of his matches are kind of sub-10 minutes unless they're like street fights. Um, but they, Joe dominated, beat up Hook right in front of his father. Hook got some hope spots in. Very, very Not... Cena, Brock, and length because that match was, I think, longer than a lot of people realize. But the the layout was very similar. Of like, this dude's a monster with a lot of experience, and Hook's not John Cena, but he's just beating a dude that is completely overmatched right now. The other guy's good enough to where he's going to get some hope spots in, but he's clearly an overmatched guy. Joe sold everything well. I thought Hook sold everything well. This match was as much as I wanted to just be a 30 second squash of like, hey, there's levels to this game. I understand why they went this way. And I think this is the way they should have gone rather than, hey, let's do a 15 minute back and forth, try to create an epic. I thought this was great. Yeah. And, and I remember you saying last week that you were, you were kind of envisioning in your own mind it being just like a, a squash and it, them showing levels. And in certain ways, they did that. But yeah. Yeah, like so I, I think they were I think never was, as much as I wanted to like 30 minutes or 30 seconds done and be like, what fuck is this kid? They were never going to do that. I completely know that. I know, but I wanted it. <clears throat> I wanted basically in my own facetious way, I wanted them to show hooks in over his head. And that's exactly what they did. Yes, yes. And the muscle buster one thing, that's just Kicking out at one, that's just uh, all that is for anybody who has a problem with that is simply like reinforcing the concept that, like, outside of the Samoa Joe match, Hook is pretty much unbeatable still. He lost to Jack Perry. We remember that. We'll talk about Jack in a little bit, but <clears throat> that's that's what I gathered from that. It, like, most, most people are not going to kick out of the Muscle Buster, period, and it's rarely ever going to happen at one, maybe never again. But they were just trying their best to like just establish Hook is like, even though he's getting worked by Samojo right now, it's because Samojo is the world champion with 20 years experience. Like, but Hook is still badass enough to take a muscle buster like that and kick out. And I mean, Samojo beat the hell out of him. Like that that was that was a real like uh like initiation almost in certain ways, probably like. All right, kid, like we love you. You've gotten a great push up to this point. You're beating everybody. But this is like, this is some of your dues right here. Like you're getting in the room with Samoa Joe and like, we're going to make you look great, which I think Samoa, I think, I think Hook did look great, but Joe was laying it in in there. Like he was, those chops were were stiff. Um, Everything Joe does, I, I saw someone tweet this also. Like I wish I could remember who it was, but like everything Joe does is just so, like, it just seems like it has intent behind it. He's so good at that. Even, like, when he did, like, the Death Valley driver towards the end of the match. Like, you know the DVD isn't his finisher. You know he's not going to beat someone with that move. But, like, the way he just, like, pauses and just, like, snaps people when he goes down to the mat. Like, it just hits stuff different. It just looks so good and so believable. Um, And I love the finish, too. It got to the point where, like, you know, Hook kicks out of the muscle buster. And... You know, he gets this big surge of, of energy, the bit, this big comeback. And on commentary, you know, Taz is rooting for him and they're all rooting for him. And they're like, if this is it, like, this is the last ditch effort. Like, this is, if, you, if you're, if you're going to make a move, this is where you're going to, this is, this is your one opportunity. And Hook hits these back to back to back clotheslines. And 
when Samoa Joe started standing up with his back towards Hook, I I was like, oh, here it comes. Like he's gonna he's gonna go for the red rum. Like let's see what happens. Hook went for the red rum, but once again, and they talked about this on commentary also, of course. If anyone's gonna know how to defend the red rum or any kind of rear naked choke, it's going to be Samoa Joe. So he blocked the choke with his arm and then used the got the wrist control, did an overhead throw, and put him in his own coquina clutch rear naked choke. And then Hook didn't tap. Once again, reinforcing that Hook's a badass. Hook kicked out of one of the muscle buster. Hook did not tap to the to the rear naked choke. And um, and he, you know, his, his hands went down just like, you know, MJF's, which will probably be a, a theme throughout this Samojo title run, I'd imagine. We're going to see a lot of people, their arms going down three times. And eventually, I don't know when, I don't know how long this run lasts, but I'm, I'm really liking what we got so far. Eventually, one, two, eventually someone's going to, woo, and people are going to go crazy because we've seen Samojo beat so many people that way with this title, I think. So, um, it's gonna. This, there's all things building here, and Samoa Joe being the face of your company, like the, the 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 main champion. I like that a lot. I like how he's conducting himself in interviews. I like the stuff he's saying, how he's presenting himself. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, and he's also he keeps it real. Like he he's one of these guys who's like he's he's like he's like Cody in a lot of ways, and like he's he's a blend between the old school and the new school. Like he's okay with talking about a little bit kind of what's going on. He knows the fans are in on a lot of this stuff. Like he's not naive, but he also protects the business and his, his coworkers as well. Like, you know, he won't give you too much and he's still gonna. So even when it comes to like the, the backstage stuff, it'll be like, listen, like, yeah, something happened, but like, I'm like, I'm Samoa Joe. You think I hadn't seen stuff like that before? Like, I don't care. Like I, my, my focus is, you know, doing, doing our job, you know, like I want people talking about the in ring stuff on the screen stuff. Like, you know, the, the behind the scenes stuff, like, you know, I can handle that. We can handle that. Like this stuff's not new to me, you know? And I, I think I like that mentality. Like he, all he cares about is like the fans putting on a good show, defending the title. He wants challengers coming after him. And there was like four, it was like, I then a dynamite or yeah, then a dynamite last night, you had multiple title challengers standing right there, ready for their shots. And I, I like that idea. People want to be the world champion and Samoa Joe isn't being a coward and running from people. Samoa Joe's saying, get in line. Like you, you lay your claim as to why you want a shot at this title. If it makes sense, we'll do it. I, I, that's, that's, that's badass. Like, I, I love that kind of presentation in a champion. Samoa Joe has just always been about business and there's always been a very easy way to book Samoa Joe. You make him kill a bunch of people. Yep. This worked for <laughs> ROH during that reign. This worked for TNA at the during the early stages when he was undefeated and X Division champion. Anywhere Samoa Joe goes, you just have him beat people, and he gets people over because he's very good. Even though he's winning, he's very good at telling the story in the ring and making people look good in the ring. And and then he continues to get over because of course he's he's winning. Like this has always worked for Samoa Joe. You just have him beat people. And for some reason, sometimes companies just don't get that or they try to make him something that he's not or they, they try to do too much of the sports entertainment stuff, which he's good at, mind you. He is good at that. But you just have Samoa Joe beat people and it always rules. Yeah, that's super true. I mean, the more that you try to do, and this isn't even his fault, by the way, Like, but the more that you try to do like 
like in TNA. Yeah, it worked awesome when he was doing the exhibition stuff up until like, you know, the Kurt Angle stuff and all that. But then eventually they like painted his face, and like trying to make him like Taz's like oh. lackey and all. And it's like, <laughs> who, who wants to see that? And in and, and, and WWE, I think a lot of it was just, and I don't even know how to explain this. Honestly, WWE and Samoa Joe might will probably be the only ones to like on it, like be able to really explain it. But like, what the hell happened in the WWE with him to where they were so sure that like to make him a commentator and stuff? Like, I know he that had health stuff. Yeah, but, like, he had it. He, he was coming off of a concussion and everything, and they weren't sure. They, you know, WWE is very protective of this stuff. They have weird ideas for different people anyway, as far as just who they like, Oh, we think you're better as a producer, commentator, general manager, instead of wrestling type of thing. But to start, it was because he, he did had kind of back to back injuries that they want to be protective. Right, which I, I understand that. And I know that he was also helping scout NXT and stuff, which is like, that's a great role for him. Like, like especially internationally and stuff, him to get like Japanese and like talents that like he's familiar with or like connections he has from the past where he can go find like their students and stuff and like evaluate them. Like Samoa Joe would be a great talent scout for sure for any company. But I guess my, my question with that is more is like, cause I know we've seen it with Danielson, but Danielson took a lot of years off and stuff and edge took almost like a decade off and all that. And I think that there's, I'm obviously no scientist, but I think that there's, I think that there's merit in the idea of like, of being able to um, at least to some degree rehabilitate most things, like, especially like, I, mean, I shouldn't say especially, but including your brain. Like, I don't think everything's like completely, you know, curable and all that stuff, unfortunately. But I think that there are certain injuries that with all this new technology, it's possible. Like, like with Edge, for instance, and Daniel and Brian Danielson, <clears throat> a lot of what they talked about for their their comeback was all this new, like, <clears throat> like the uh, the what do they call it, uh, cryogenic um, and that kind of stuff. Like, and and I think that there's there's truth to that. Um, but once again, that was like a long those that took years and years and years. That's where I'm like, it's just such a I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't talk about this because like, I don't know the science. But my my point is like. Samoa Joe clearly like look at him like he can it's crazy that we went from like this guy may not be able to do this anymore to like look at this guy like he's like he's incredible still and he's clearly completely fine to do this but if he was still in the WWE he probably wouldn't be in the ring still which is now he with under the Triple H regime he'd be in the ring it was also Vince who I don't think got Samoa Joe because remember they released him the first time right and then within like 24 hours Triple H was calling him William Regal was calling him and be like hey you want to come back you want to we'll, we'll just keep you here at NXT they True. still they still like kept him out of the ring but then he would got back in the ring he won the NXT title um I believe he got COVID and then so that's why he had to drop the NXT title and then he got released again I Triple H Triple H was the one who initially brought him to NXT as well. And his shirt sold so well that first debut that they're like, oh yeah, we gotta like actually sign this guy to a real deal and not just that kind of a paper kind of kind of deal here. And they kept him as Samoa Joe based on that too, which they weren't really doing at the time. They were changing people's names still. And they were like, Samoa Joe came in, all these Samoa Joe t-shirts flew off the shelves. Like there's we should maybe not change people's names when they come in and see how this goes. So I think that was a big deal too. So I think if he was still in WWE under the Triple H regime, I think he'd be, I, I don't know. He wouldn't be this. He wouldn't be the world champion, 
but I definitely think he would be in the ring and doing something substantial compared to, I just don't think Vince, Vince didn't really get him. Vince didn't really get a lot of people. So I, I, just, I don't think that was a thing. He did well with what he did on the main roster stuff. The AJ feud, look, did it need AJ's wife and all of this stuff? No, but Joe ruled at that. I thought there was way more story to tell with like Roman. And I think there could actually be, if he was in WWE now, there could be some good stuff with like the bloodline and everything. The Brock stuff, Paul Heyman, like he arguably should have beaten Brock. I think someone in our chat, yeah, Maggie said it. Like Joe should have won at, at Great Balls <laughs> of Fire. Like I would have been fine with that. He was great on commentary. I know that wasn't like a role that people wanted him in, but he was so damn good at it. Small Joe's good at anything you give him. He's the best when you just let him go out there and destroy people. Yes, yes. That was the one and only Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view, wasn't it? Yeah. That was the only time they did that? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I remember uh, in the build of that, Samoa Joe had like really good promos right right in Brock's face. And he was one of the few people that could like get away with that. Like not only with Brock, because when you're, when you're dealing with Brock Lesnar, you know, he, he's obviously a professional. Obviously, he's there to make a ton of money. That's what Brock Lesnar does. He's better at that than pretty much anyone is as far as like negotiating and, and negotiating against other companies and stuff and getting massive paydays. Um, so I definitely respect that about Brock. But um, at the same time, Brock also is going to pick and choose who he does and doesn't work with and how people speak to him in public. Like, so like for Samoa Joe to be able to like hold his ground in, in Brock Lesnar's face is a big deal too. Cause like obviously Brock has respect for Samoa Joe and in their match, like there was, it was a hard hitting match. Like, you, you know, there's respect there and you know, there's respect from Paul Heyman. I know that that goes a long way with Brock also. Like, even if Brock doesn't know a ton about somebody, if Paul comes to him and he's like, Hey, this is like, like this is like one of my guys, or like, this is a guy that like you should, you're going to make money with this dude. Like CM Punk, for instance, is probably a good example of that. Like, I have no idea what Brock Lesnar's initial idea of CM Punk was. And obviously, Punk was proven by the time they wrestled each other. He was selling a lot of merchandise and stuff. But, like, I'd imagine that was also probably, like, Paul being, like... Because, because like, the thing, the thing that kind of happened with, with Moxley. Like, the Moxley didn't get anything on him. Like, for whatever reason, there just wasn't that level of respect, right? It, just, it was a different thing, what we got. But, like, when, when CM Punk and Brock went one-on-one and stuff, like... You know, that was a real feud with real matches with, you know, like Punk was, was right up there with Brock as far as like perception. So like Moxley um, wanted to do like skewers and weed whackers and stuff. <laughs> I can only imagine Brock Lesnar's face if you were to bring something like that up. So we got these things called gusset plates now and they, uh, they're they usually made to like hold bridges up, um, but we're going to stick them in your arm and in your forehead. Um <laughs> Yeah, but uh, Actually, let me just go out there and toss you around, dude. I don't need to do all this. That was one of the most disappointing matches ever. Yeah, that was that was a bummer. Um, because I was always I was a big Ambrose fan. Like I, I liked I always liked Moxley. You know, even back, I I really liked his run in FCW too. Like I was paying attention to that at the time because like he was feuding with like William Regal and uh, and that was also because people forget he was initially supposed to feud with Mick Foley. That that video went viral of him like getting in Foley's face and like that work shoot thing. And so like, I was always pulling for Moxley. Um, and then the Brock, the Brock match just like killed it. Um, or in a, in a bad way, like killed his momentum in a lot of ways. Um, but that all said, back to Samoa Joe. Now, you know, at the end of the match last night, Samoa Joe beats Hook. 
and they continue to keep Hook looking strong, even after the muscle buster kick out at one, even after, you know, everything in that match itself. He's telling Joe after the match, he keeps getting up. It's kind of like the old Jeff Hardy Undertaker ladder match thing where where Hook keeps standing up and saying, that's all you've got. That's all you've got, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe keeps getting back in the ring. Muscle buster, you know, gets back up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's all you got. And before Joe can do more to Hook, Hangman comes out, you know, save, saves the day for Hook. But also Swerve comes out in the crowd. And when I mentioned this earlier, Swerve gets a much bigger reaction than Hangman. I like both guys a lot, but I'm just... It is what it is. And then Hook, uh, uh, Hangman Hook's help, or Hangman helps pick Hook up. And um, Hook kind of like rejects it because he wants to, you know, get out on his own. So, you know, and they accomplished a lot of stuff in this. Like Hook's on a new level now. Like he, he was already the FTW champion. He already had lost only one match and all that stuff. But like his perception is going to be even better now coming out of the Samoa Joe match. I think even though he lost it, it was the way that everything happened. He looked really good. Um, and you also have it lined up right now where hangman and swerve both want shots of the championship. So, and then you still have, they didn't mention it last night. I don't think, but you still have Wardlow, you know, he's the, 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 the plan is Wardlow win that title and handed it to Adam Cole. So, you know, there, there are multiple people waiting now. So how do you think this plays out, Jeremy? Like, do you think that they had, that they, did they do Hangman and Swerve again to figure this out? Or do you think they they let, unlike the UFC, like, because the UFC gets criticized for this a lot, like killing off challengers, <laughs> like making them fight each other instead of just like waiting and like, you know, so you have more people for the champion. Would you do them kind of like one, like one at a time? Like do like Hangman and then Swerve 
or would you have them wrestle each other to figure out like number one contender again and then do that? I think they're going to do a triple threat match at mm. Revolution. I think okay. that's where they're going to go. I think it's going to be. I don't think Wardlow's going to factor in just yet. I think right now Wardlow's just going to stand and pop his titties and everything. And then <laughs> hit, when, when the time is right, maybe he'll go. We're still a, a ways away from Revolution. Like it's not until the first weekend of March. So it's a, it's a little less than, than two months, but there's still a lot of time before revolution. They could easily uh, figure out, like they could do a number one contenders match. They can do swerve and Hangman again. I worry about doing that match simply because I think swerve should win. Thank you. I think swerve should win. And it, I don't know if you want to beat Hangman three times against swerve i love uh swerve's promo by the way where he was like you, know, you could be, you could i would take hangman against an army of men i would take hangman against god i wouldn't take hangman against me he's proven he can't beat me so i do worry about like beating hangman three times against swerve and i also worry about i think swerve should be getting that title shot i think he's the the guy right now and you got to strike when you have that and not just have him lose the hangman so you can give hangman the title shot. That's why I think a triple threat match makes the most sense because you don't have to beat a, either guy in a one-on-one scenario. Yeah, they'll have to lose in a triple threat scenario or one of them would win and maybe Joe takes the pinfall. But you get protected a little bit more than beating each other in that one-on-one scenario. And you know, you can tell stories coming off of that as well. Let's say hangman wins the title he pins Joe Swerve can immediately be like, you pin Joe. You still never pin me. You immediately set up a program off of that. So there's ways to go with that. Um, on the, the thing with Hook, real quickly, I hope they did a great job last night. What I always say is, what is next? You can't just now make Hook beat a bunch of randos and then defend this FTW mm. title with no real story and everything. You've established this guy as being able to look credible against your world champion. You got to elevate him now to another level that he was not on previously. He can't just go back to just like squashing dudes with no story. People want more out of that. Now you you've told them he can do more. Now you have to actually give him more. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Do you think they should could keep the FTW championship around? it's an unsanctioned title like i mean i know what they're sanctioning the matches yeah, yeah right i know it's like totally but sanctioned like, it's, it's, such a it's weird... not really i guess you can keep it he can hold on to it but it does it's not a title that has a whole lot of meaning he looks cool with it but like it doesn't it doesn't mean it doesn't do a whole lot for me i would honestly be fine if he just like if he or Taz, whichever way you want to play this, of like, you know, you don't need this anymore. Like, this this was holding you back or something. However you want to play it, but just go back and retire it. Like, it's a, it's truly one of the more meaningless titles in AEW, and they got a lot of titles that don't mean a whole lot a lot uh, throughout the show. Well, like I, like I said the other week, it's like, if you want to classify them as quote-unquote like mid-card titles, technically speaking, you got the Continental championship you have the the international championship combine those two titles you got the intercontinental championship you got the AEW champ the uh the, sorry the tnt championship and you've got the fcw championship um 
I mean, it would have made perfect sense last night, I think, if this was title versus title. Because, like, if Samoa Joe would have won the FTW title and just retired it, he would have been a great, you know, final champion in the record book for that, too. He has ties with Taz himself. I mean, um, but, I mean, the title does look good on him. I see Kai say that in the chat. Like, I agree, like, aesthetically speaking, like, Hook looks cool with the title, and it was his dad's title from ECW. I'm very aware of, like, the, the lineage and everything. But, like, it just... It's, it's the same kind of thing. We're both, we're all on the same page. It's just like they already have multiple championships that kind of all mean pretty much the same thing. And the only cop out with this is calling it unsanctioned. But like, once again, they are sanctioning the matches. So how is that an unsanctioned? It makes no, it makes absolutely no sense. For you it's basically an unsanctioned. unsanctioned. It's basically yeah. unsanctioned in the fact that like all the matches are street fights. And so it's like, oh, uh, mm. there's no real rules for this title. I think that's the meaning of unsanctioned for it i guess yeah either way we're all yeah we're we're all on the same page about it that, that i don't think cook really needs the title anymore but i mean it's cool you know you get, you get him on the action figures and stuff now and stuff too i mean like it's like i get it but i thought it was cool it was cool but like the title's been back for like five years now and i just don't see really a, the point in it anymore um i think hook should go after like the international title or the the continental title or something like that like like Focus on a sanctioned title outside the world title. You almost won the world championship. Try to win a sanctioned title. Yeah. I mean, he should get, you got to elevate him off of this. And I think kind of keeping the title that the FTW title around could hold him back in that regard. That's why, you know, I, I said Taz can say, you know, you no longer need this. You've, you've graduated from this. Like this might hold you back now. Like, because you feel you have an obligation to this title. Because if you're just like, oh, he's the FTW champion, we we got a title on him. That uh, to me, that's not enough anymore. It's just not. Yeah. All right. Uh, move on to our WWE spotlight. I need to finish the story. In the WWE, the story never finishes. Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre are maybe maybe not finishing their stories uh cody you know came out and he said i don't win the rumble and then drew came out and said no you're not and drew completely destroyed him on the microphone okay so i think at this point you guys know i mean me and jeremy are doing this show together for how long like almost two years probably yeah Yeah, almost two years um i definitely don't create the titles for the uh um because the thumbnail was good though you gotta give me credit on the thumbnail yeah oh yeah the fun thumbnail was great yes i i thought you did a great job with the thumbnail but the the title i read that and i was like drew mcintyre cooks cody rhodes trolling me now i will say drew mcintyre did great on the microphone and here's the thing i love both of these guys like i'm a big drew mcintyre fan i talked about that a lot last week um I'm a big uh, Cody Rhodes fan, obviously. Cody Rhodes is my favorite. So, but I like I like this back and forth because there's a lot of similarities between these guys. Pulling a pulling a Drew when you leave the WWE, pulling a Cody when you leave the WWE. Um, these guys both laid the blueprints for what the company actually tells people to do now. Like if you get let go, it's like listen, do what they did, and you'll probably you'll probably wind up back here making even more money than you're making right now. Um, just go raise your value. Um, and I like that Drew brought up the uh, the chosen ones. 
because even I had forgotten about that tag team. When he mentioned it, I was like, oh, that's right. That's right. They were tag team champions because Cody was really, it was like him and then like him and Sandow. And it was like, Cody was kind of like jumping partner to partner for a while. And Drew was like really directionless at the time, but had been deemed the chosen one by Vincent Mann on television already. So I, uh, I liked it. And I don't think that Drew cooked Cody. I'm not going to agree with that, but I think that I, this wasn't like some 10, eight Cody round or a 10, eight Drew. This was like, it's about as close to 10, 10 as you can get. I think this is pretty, even. This pretty even about 10, seven Drew, I think 10, seven Drew. Yeah. Of course you're going to throw that out there. Now you won't, you won't give, you wouldn't give the 10, eight to uh to drew and punk last week, which will give us a, a seven, <laughs> 10, seven Cody and drew on, on, on an even round. With a C- Cecil Peoples, is that the guy who's still? Yeah, uh, Cecil Peoples uh, was always uh, the, the terrible judge. Yeah, I don't think he does it anymore. I don't know if they still do it or not anymore, Cecil Peoples. I don't know. I haven't heard that name in a minute, I don't think. But I also haven't been paying as close attention, to be fair. Either way, the uh, yeah, man, I, 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 I like this, though, because once again, this was all this was all a true, like they were, they were they on the microphone and I don't think any of them told any lies or even like exaggerated anything. It was just like, this is what happened. This is our past. This is, you know, we wrestled each other on, on the, on the Indies before I came back and you know, you beat me and like, this is, I mean, this was a real back and forth between these two guys. And at the end of it, Cody asked him, you know, when we wrestled each other, who won? And he dropped the mic. And I was like, that's great. Cause then Cody, this is, you know, Cody's obviously the baby face, but like Drew isn't really a heel. Like he isn't being a heel. Like he's a heel. He is a heel, but like in my mind, like the things he's saying and doing isn't really like it's all justified. Right. So it's like, you know, even when it's against Cody, who I love, I'm like, that's, I'm not mad at Drew for saying the stuff he's saying. I think he's spitting facts also. So like, this is this is really good stuff, and I know they're doing Cody and Punk face to face on Monday. Um, oh which boy! I was, oh boy! We'll talk about that. I'm sure. I was hoping that was going to be tomorrow because I'm still on the fence. I don't know if I'll be at SmackDown or not tomorrow. It's in Atlanta. I'll probably it'll probably be a game time decision if I go or not. Um, but if if I knew they were going to do Punk and Cody, you know, in the ring on SmackDown tomorrow in Atlanta, I would. I, there's a really good chance I would go. Um, but why we'll talk about wanna, that. Why would you want to witness your favorite just get put down live? Because he's not going to get put down live. Mm. I think I think it's going to be another 10-8, maybe even a 10-7 for Cody. That Cody's got a lot of ammo here. Anyway, we'll get we'll get to that next week. We'll talk about that when it happens next week. And by the way, it's going to be a theme for uh, pretty much all the way through WrestleMania, y'all. Um, we're going to hear a lot about Cody Rhodes on this show. Um, last year, our most viewed episode, um, which I think last I checked had like 13,000 views or something, which is really good for our show. Um, it was the, the episode that Cody had, uh, you know, he had just lost at WrestleMania. So everybody tuned in to, to get our thoughts on that. And uh, yeah, that was, so we're going to talk a lot about Cody, whether it's good or bad, you're going to be hearing about it um, week after week after week through WrestleMania. Um, that's where we're at right now, Cody and Drew, but I, I like it. I, I like this. And I want to see the two wrestle each other. They'll have a really good match with each other. If, you know, if this happens, it's just a matter of like when Cody and Drew. So there's the cloud of Seth Rollins hanging over things. Um, I don't know if you've saw this, Jensen. Rollins may or may not be banged up with a knee injury coming out of the match with gender. Yes. And 
depending on the severity of the injury, like that's going to change some plans. Let's say Rollins can't make it to WrestleMania. What do you do? Wait, no, I sorry, I'm sorry. This this is a real knee injury. I, I thought you were talking yes. like him selling on Raw. Okay, no, this is a reportedly a real knee injury. I did not know that until you just said that. That does that could change things. I mean, it's it's supposed to be CM Punk and Seth Rollins. Um, Likely, yes. And how they get there, I'm not sure. I mean, Punk could win the Royal Rumble, or I mean, there's ways with the Elimination Chamber and stuff. There's ways to to get people into these title matches for WrestleMania two night two nights. But also, we'll talk about another other spotlight. They were pretty heavy in the Becky and Rhea thing about like winning the main event at WrestleMania. So now, part of me is like, are they going to main event one of the nights? And like, that's going to box out like either Punk and Seth or. I mean, obviously, Roman's going to main event one of the nights, all like obviously. But it got me thinking a little bit that some of the stuff I thought was like for sure going to be like the main events or whatever, maybe not. But I, I don't, uh, I don't know, man. So like, is, there is is there an actual fear that Rollins might miss WrestleMania? There's a fear that it's not great, and WrestleMania is still three months away. But you know, we don't know, we don't know the severity of it. It's a knee. Could he rest rehab, not wrestle again until WrestleMania, but still keep the title? That's a possibility. Do you do you go that route? Do like let's say again, this is my hypothetical to you. Let's say Seth cannot wrestle at WrestleMania. What do you do with the title? Well, you probably put it on Damian Priest like immediately because you have the out there with the money in the bank. Um and you can play that off of Seth being injured, obviously, and 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 Damien just takes advantage and beats him with without even having a real match or anything. You could just, you know, just similar to when uh, CM Punk beat Edge for it. Like it just he just comes out and pins him pretty much. Um But from there, because here's the thing, and this this honestly isn't even Damian Priest's fault because I think the judgment day has been like they've really exceeded expectations. Like as far as like being a group in my in my mind, from especially from the time that they started as a group to where they're at now. But um I'm really not interested in Damian Priest being the world champion. Like I'm I'm really not. Like, especially now that you have Punk back, you have Cody obviously on that show, you have Rollins, you have all these guys, Drew. Like Damian Priest is pretty down that list for me personally. Like, and it is once again not really his fault. It's just like with the situation of who all is available now. Um, I don't think Damian Priest really makes that much chance, that much uh, sense to be the world champion. Um, so that's you know you have the out of getting the title off of Seth that way, but then to answer your question about actually on, at WrestleMania, I know they're they're in this weird spot because like Cody would be the obvious you know because outside of losing to Roman and one of the Brock matches, I don't think he's lost at all since returning to the WWE. And he would, on paper, obviously he lays the, the, he makes the most sense and he's the most over and everything. Like he would be, he should be the world champion of Raw because he's on the Raw roster, but he's actually concerned with the SmackDown championship because of this stupid brand split that doesn't actually exist. So like, it's a weird spot for Cody to be in because even throughout Seth's run with this title, the elephant in the room has been Cody because like Seth doesn't call out Cody. Cody doesn't even call out 
for the title. He does everything but that. He wrestles Brock instead. He wrestles Shinsuke instead. But he's not like him finishing the story has nothing to do with that championship that that, that Seth holds. But realistically speaking, this is probably when you would want to put the world title on Cody because it's like if Seth can't go, you put that you put that championship on Cody or you put it on Punk and you probably do Punk versus well. You still want to do Cody and Roman, though. That's the problem. Cody's not getting that match. Jen. But he's not getting that match because of The Rock. Yeah. So you're probably... Oh, my God. So you probably would need to do Punk versus Cody. You probably got to get the title on one of them before WrestleMania. And then you have to have Cody hold that thing until him and Roman, and then you have to unify all of it. What a mess. <laughs> it might be overthinking on on your part because i know you just want to get to cody and roman my yeah. thought was priest does just immediately cash in seth comes out on crutches whatever and he he's basically about to relinquish the title and priest just cashes in on him and just takes the title like there's no reason in my mind if seth does have to relinquish why you don't why he actually does that and why you just don't have priest cash in. Then you're off the money in the bank briefcase as well. You don't have to worry about that. And then I think you can set up priest against drew, uh, maybe at rumble. I know drew's in the rumble, but maybe, maybe, uh, depending on, I guess when, when this is going to happen, there's only a week before the rumble. So maybe the night after the rumble or two nights raw, raw after rumble, uh, priest and drew drew wins the title. You set up drew and punk for the possible, mania match there maybe even cody gets in that as a triple threat because i don't know where cody stands with wrestlemania right now he ain't getting he ain't getting the roman match i'm trying to warn you i'm trying to tell you it's rock rock's getting that match is there any way that cody wins the title from roman before wrestlemania but roman's not going to wrestle between the royal rumble is he no, Roman's not even like advertised for these events. It yeah. rules. I mean, he's wrestling at the Rumble, but like he's yeah, not the Rumble, losing. That's... He's but not then, losing. But then they're gonna have multiple big shows between then and. What do you and... think? What do you think of my idea for the Rumble? It's Cody, Drew, and Punk. They're all in the ring. They're fighting it out. Twenty nine people have entered the Rumble, right? Twenty nine people have entered. They're all fighting it out. Thirty, the countdown. Thirty hits. Burn. If you smell, here comes the rock. And then Cody, Drew, and and Punk just eliminate themselves. They're just like, oh, we're we're screwed. Rock's here. And they just like jump over the top rope. What do you think of this, Jensen? It's the worst idea of all time. <laughs> why? You know why. You that was the troll question. You know why. <laughs> yeah, they would never just bury just bury your top three uh your top three baby face. Oh, no, no, but then they face. like the next the, the the raw after, like they don't acknowledge it at all. They just come out and they're just like, We were the final three in the rumble, and like we couldn't get it done. But now now that the world title is vacant, Seth's title is vacant, we're gonna fight at WrestleMania. They just don't even acknowledge that like they just eliminated themselves in the rock one. The worst. This is such a bad idea, and you know it's a bad idea. That'd be so funny though. Like, <laughs> all right, like we decided collectively that this other championship is what we wanted to fight for, so we cleared it yeah. up for The Rock. All yeah. right, we cleared it up for The Rock. But the Rock can go finish my story instead over over there. You're all getting right, it. So, yeah, getting and then it uh, yeah, no, I I I got it the second you said it. I just <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible idea. Um, 
but uh i mean I, I do think it's possible the rock might be in the royal rumble though i mean i guess that that, that could happen like maybe he even wins the royal rumble and that's how he gets to, to roman i mean you could easily do that if you wanted to but i also don't think you want to risk the rock getting hurt at, at all before wrestlemania and well, he was blown up doing the promo sorry go ahead. well that that's why they just eliminate themselves so oh, you no, don't risk no, the no, rock no, getting no. Hurt. i'm not trying to feed into this idea i'm not trying to validate this um <laughs> But uh, but no, it is concerning. Obviously, the whole you know is Cody going to get boxed out of WrestleMania thing because you know, probably at this point. So, sucks. I I feel this is a great idea. That's just me. But I like the idea of Drew and uh, Drew and Punk potentially is a good idea. I look if Seth can't go, I think Drew and Punk is going to be a major direction. And I don't know where Cody fits in with all of this because I still think The Rock is getting he's getting that match. And so yeah. I don't know where you go with Cody. I don't just don't. And also, I mean, Brock Lesnar is going to factor in somehow to WrestleMania. And he's going to be, something. yeah, I don't think it's going to be world title stuff though. I mean, maybe it is, but I don't know if it's going to be world title stuff. I don't think so either, but I'm just, it's always worth keeping in the back of your mind. Um, but I think Brock is going to be more like attraction type stuff, kind of somewhere we saw with like Omos last year. Like it'll be someone big, like basically, you just need to every year you need to figure out an impressive way of seeing Brock throw someone around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the other WWE spotlight is Rhea and and Becky. They did mention possibly main eventing WrestleMania. It seems like it's set up for Becky to win the Rumble. I don't think that's the route they're gonna go. I think it's more likely Becky wins like some type of number one contenders match, maybe at Elimination Chamber. They do that. But I've been saying a lot of people have been saying Becky and Rhea's the match at WrestleMania. That's your biggest match you can do. That's a match you've kind of teased through small interactions. This was not a small interaction on raw. I thought Becky cut a really great promo to set things up. And look, Rhea needs something substantial. I think she's going to face Nia in Australia. So she can be baby face over there um, and, and be the conquering baby face. And then Becky is, comes out the following night or whenever on raw and gets it gets it rolling to WrestleMania. But what'd you think of this? I thought it was a good uh a good promo. Um like you know Becky basically the a lot of this was based around like Becky saying, you know, like we're we're similar in a lot of ways, but there's stuff that I've accomplished that you haven't. Like like I've made event at WrestleMania and won it the, the main event. Like you're you've been at WrestleMania, like you're, 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 you look like you're going to be in the spot. Like I, but she, but Becky was also saying, I've also been in that spot before where like I was in that spot and didn't win, but like then came back better and like became that person. And so there, there's, there's parallels, but, but the one thing that was kind of cheesy about it was Becky being like, I need to win the Royal Rumble. I need to point at the sign. I need to, and it's like, are we really made? I know the sign points a thing, but are we, do we have to literally talk about pointing at the sign? Just point at the sign. Like we know it's, we know it's a thing. It's like, I need to point at the WrestleMania sign. I need to go on. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, but I think, I think that that's, it's a good, it's a good matchup. I think it's pretty clear that that's going to happen at WrestleMania. But like you said, are they going to do it that obviously? Like basically tell us on Monday, this past Monday, okay, Becky's winning the Royal Rumble. You know, I feel like they wouldn't be that obvious about it, but you know, a lot of the time, though, if you're obvious about something, if it's a good story and it works, like I don't really care if it's obvious or not, if it if it if it's good. Um, so, 
but I like I like the promo. I mean, once again, it came off like it came out very real, and uh, it was also about like their histories too, like coming from like outside of the U.S. and like having to make names for themselves, you know, internationally, and then coming over and not really getting a kind of being overlooked a lot at first. Like Becky was Becky was always good, but like in NXT, it was like her the competition there was it was her and Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey and like there was a lot of talent and Becky. If I remember correctly, I don't think Becky won the NXT women's title in like that original. No, that's why she went back. Yeah. That's that's why she went back last year. That's right. That's right. So, um, so, and and then Rhea kind of similar in certain ways. Like she, she was a part of the, uh, the Mae Young classic, I believe. And then she was, um, you know, on the UK brand and stuff kind of like, you know, off people's radar. And then now she's like, one of the most overacts in the company, you know? So like there are, there are certain parallels there that I think makes sense that they brought up in the promo. Um, and I'm looking forward to, it. I think it's going to be a good, good and a good match. And I do expect that to be a WrestleMania. So I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. I, this has been the direction. I, again, they've teased it a lot. They've had the little walk by interactions. It seemed pretty set. This is where we're going. I'm looking forward to it. I will at main event. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. Obviously, Roman's getting one night. That first night's up up for grabs for sure, especially if Seth is out. I thought Seth and Punk would be the easy, easy one there. If if Seth is out, look, Punk and Drew make sense. Punk, Cody, Drew makes some sense. I, it's going to be a little tough to not give it to Becky and Rhea, though, just based on the totality of their work. Um, and, and yeah. So the, we'll, we'll, the totality of their work in the promo last night, like he- or on Monday, heavily like implied that like because they literally talked about the main event of WrestleMania and their success in that. And they so but I but should they main event? I don't know. I mean, like only because I feel like a lot of people are gonna want to see CM Punk main event, especially because he came back to the company and that was a big one of the, one of his big gripes when he left was like I never got to main event WrestleMania. That's like the one thing you never got. So you'd think that he would come back and he'd be a shoo-in for Especially with it being two nights now with the extra opportunity. So I kind of feel like CM Punk's going to main event night one. But if he doesn't, it, it should be. I mean, I shouldn't even say that. It should be Becky and Rhea, like based on the merit anyways, like you're saying. But I have it stuck in my head that Punk's going to main event night one, no matter who it's against. Uh, and that's very possible. Yeah, I think if it's Seth, that's the way to go. If it's Drew, probably still the way to go. But then Becky and Rhea have a much better argument for things if cody involved it, it's even more likely that that gets the the main event i love how like the main event of wrestlemania has become like something like, like part of the story essentially because there is two nights and it does open up the possibilities of that where if this was still one night everybody would say main event wrestlemania but everyone's just like no it's Roman's fucking main event this thing. What are we doing? Exactly. <laughs> Why are exactly. any of these idiots talking about main eventing WrestleMania? <laughs> Roman's getting that spot. <laughs> you yes. guys aren't getting this at all. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, Glassdoor Day Gamer did leave a super chat. Said Bucks knocked the troll job out of the park. Hey, look, yep. it, they, they did a great job with it. Uh, we're going to move on to our other spotlight. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Jack Perry is back. The scapegoat, Jack Perry showed up at New Japan Battle in the Valley, uh, attacked Shota Yumino, and uh, took him out. 
and then uh, ripped up his AEW contract and had the armband that said scapegoat and then said something about, why don't you answer your call? Quit tweeting. Uh, seemingly a, a shot at a old Tony Khan there. So what did, what'd you make of, of this, Jensen? It kind of came out of nowhere. And then because it was such a busy Saturday night between New Japan, TNA, and AEW, it almost got lost in the shuffle. Yes. Um, I mean, I love Jack Perry. You know, he's one of my favorites. Um, I... I'm very interested to see where this goes. And this into you might I'm I'm sure you know more than I do because I, I have not paid much attention to this stuff. And it's it's your job with the news writing and whatnot. You I'm sure like what what's can you fill me in on like do you know what, what to what level this is like legitimate as far as like what his standing in AEW is? Like, do you know anything about about that? Oh, my guess is it's all storyline. I mean, nobody's really Honestly, nobody said a whole lot about it. I, they didn't acknowledge it on AEW television or anything. They didn't. New, J- New Japan hasn't said like Jack Perry's going to wrestle at this event. It's honestly like it was under the radar and then it stayed under the radar because no nobody really said anything about it, which is a little, a little odd. It feels like if a guy's going to show up on this program and you have a relationship with this company and rip up the contract, considering how online Tony and AEW are, you would think there'd be some type of comment about this, but even if it is a storyline thing, but like they just aren't acknowledging any of it. So, but I, I assume it's all 100% storyline. Yeah. That's, that's my assumption as well. Um, and that's funny mentioning the Tony Khan tweeting stuff. Um, yeah, there was a, what was I going to say? There was something about Jack that I was going to bring up and I just lost it. But I, I like that he uh, I like that he popped up in New Japan and maybe I'll pop up other places um, kind of here and here and there. Kinda, but I, I think that it's also worth bringing up the, this. Is what I was going to say is that I don't think it's a coincidence, especially with it probably being a storyline or with it definitely being a storyline. But the way that it's being presented is that they're they it seems like they waited for the devil reveal for some of this other stuff because like jack perry like you there was a lot of you know um clues and stuff that, like he could be the devil so like we didn't see jack perry here from jack perry at all until the devil reveal happened um there was somebody else recently um the young bucks like the young but you know what i mean like they could have potentially been involved with the devil story there was like a little speculation there that they could be involved the hangman was kind of loosely tied to that story and stuff and like and the Young Bucks didn't return until after the devil was revealed. You know, and I think that that was kind of part of this too. And that leads me also to, to know that it's it's some sort of work because I'd imagine Tony and Jack were sitting back going, all right, you're off TV because of the because of this, this punk stuff. Like, I'd imagine that whatever suspension he served is probably long over. Would be, it's just a complete guess. I'd imagine it, was, it probably wasn't anything that was that long or that serious. Um, and then... But they're like, we're gonna hold you off TV. We're gonna re, re reboot you completely, and like, but we can't do anything until after the devil reveal because we want people to think you might be the devil. So now we're at where we're at, um, and I and I, I I like that, and I think the scapegoat. Um, I mean, it's obviously it'll a, a clear nod at the backstage speculation and all that stuff that he's the scapegoat. Like he got CM Punk fired he is you know he's the bad guy he's the one who's getting in trouble and getting all this stuff like 
all this is his fault. The reason the AEW fan base is split is his fault and all this stuff. So he's the scapegoat. Well, yeah, blame Jack Perry for everything. Um, like I've said a thousand times, if he comes back to AEW television and after all this, his theme music is Cry Me River by Justin Timberlake, I'm going to pop bigger than maybe I've ever popped in my life for professional wrestling. Um, so <clears throat> so anyway, I'm, 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 a big, I'm a big Jack Perry fan. I know there's a lot of people that are on the fence about him still. There's a lot of people that don't like him for various reasons, whatever. Like I, I'm a fan of his. I think he's great in the ring. And he's, he's an AEW pillar. I don't think that they're going to just like let him, you know, just let him go like that. You know, I think, you know, I think this was done to, to, to create interest and they have the, the, this is another huge advantage of AEW having the working relationships with other companies that you, that you have the, the option to do this. Like you don't have to show up on AEW right now on an, on an inflated roster, you know, and get lost in the mix there right away. You know, you can show up on AEW or show up on new Japan, start creating buzz, maybe show up again, maybe show up somewhere else, show up on TNA or something, who knows? And then when you wind up back in AEW, it's a way bigger deal. So that's where I think this is going. I liked it. I look forward to seeing, I think Jack Perry could benefit a lot from being in new Japan as well. Um, I think he's more, got the kind of tools to succeed there than someone like David Finley, who's going to be the next kind of Gaijin star because everybody else's has left. Um, so, but I, I think Jack Perry could really succeed in, in, uh, in new Japan. We'll see if it's a long-term thing or if it's, he's back in eight. I think it should be a long-term thing. I think earliest double or nothing latest probably forbidden door since obviously that's going to be the two companies working together so it makes sense there i do think like aw has got to acknowledge it at some point like even if it's just like you know what we did let jack out of his contract he decided to go to new japan just acknowledge it in some way because otherwise like you just kind of look we know you're an online brand like we know you pay attention to this stuff this happened on the show that your partners are running that featured some of your talent your talent was in the main event and the co-main event and the, the third from the top event Kingston Moxley and Osprey were all on this card. Like we, you have this relationship. You probably got to acknowledge it a little bit. Unless like Tony, just like maybe the next time Jack shows up on TV anywhere, Tony, this would probably be a bad idea, but like Tony could tweet like just like the letters NDA with like the little emoji guy. That's like, like I can't say anything. Like, you know what I mean? That, that's what if you ask Tony about it, that would be his response. I'm like, that's right. a great question. Can't I can't talk about that? Um, that would be it. AW is the safest place in the world to work. <laughs> uh, Reels and Heels says only a select few knew Jack was showing up in New Japan security, almost nabbed them for jumping the rail. Yeah, I saw that report that uh, um, security didn't even know, and so nice. once once they did it to, to keep everything, um, I apologize for finishing saying it's probably to hide that it's a work like. I get that, but I still think you can add to the work if you actually like do just comment, if, even if it is a no comment type of thing, because not commenting just seems a little weird uh, about it. Like he was tweeting about the show. He's tweeting about the Moxley match of like Moxley. Yeah, kick his ass. And then he like doesn't have anything to say about Jack Perry. So I I think most people understand that it's a, it's a work. I mean, maybe acknowledging it is, is the further proof, but I think the fact that it's happening is proof that it's a, it's a work. Um, but yeah, I understand. Like it's, they're trying to do essentially the, the Pillman thing of like Pillman showing up and then 
would WCW have acknowledged that or, or anything? And back in the day, if Eric Bischoff was online, I think Eric Bischoff probably would have thrown some type of like fit mm-hmm. online, uh, whether it was a word or not. Yeah. Uh, the other other spotlights, Nick Nemeth. Speaking of uh, debuts, Nick Nemeth made his debut at TNA Hard to Kill, took out Moose, hit him with the zigzag or the knickknack, whatever he's going to call this thing nowadays. Uh, and then he has crossed the line. What do you think of Nick Nemeth, the former Dolph Ziggler in TNA? Did you just come up with that knickknack thing? Or no, that... no, no, no. I saw it going around online. Okay, yeah, I haven't I, seen I, that I yet. I, that was that's good. I hadn't thought of that. Um, because I, I saw people online still calling it the zigzag, like whenever he hit it, because people yeah. didn't know what to call it. Um, <clears throat> the knickknack. Um, um, yeah. I, if you want more thoughts on this, like more of a deep dive, like I, I was on the post show with Crest the Star and Joel Pearl, um, right after Impact or right after TNA's, um, hard to kill. Um, but yeah, I mean, good, good for him. Like, you know, he popped up in New Japan. You know, he's gonna be wrestling uh, Cardona and GCW soon. Um, and he 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 was rocking the TNA t-shirt. So my feel about all this, and he's on the TNA website as well, I believe now too, I think I saw people saying. So like, is, is the way that I understand it, he's a TNA contracted wrestler, but because of like the forbidden door, and I'm sure similar to Cody, um, like when Cody left the WWE the first time, or the, the only time, but you know, this example, there, people kind of forget like, he he did like he went to TNA, he went to New Japan, he went to Ring of Honor, like all before AEW was founded. Like he had like handshake type con- like little contract deals with these other companies, but he was working everywhere, and that really looks like what Zolf Ziggler is doing, which is very smart for him. And I'd imagine this is literally what he's been waiting to do for like ten years. Like he's probably sitting there like, man, I should have done this so long ago. Um, and he looked great in, T- in TNA, like just just showing up. Like he looks super healthy. He looks like him and Moose face to face. Like, you know, I think that Alex Shelley and and and, and Nemeth would be you know a better match than Moose. But like, um, Moose looks like you know a big you know WWE style wrestler. Like you know, and Ziggler going up against him. I think it's gonna. I think I think it's gonna be a good match. And like, I uh, I, I I like how invigorated nick seemed like he was in the crowd after the mat or after the sh- like when the show ended he got, went up in the crowd and, t- and tore his shirt off and he was leading the tna chant and he was super hyped and that crowd was super hyped so i mean it was a really good reveal at the end of the show for for nick and um i mean i i hope i hope success for him like, you know i'm 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 with the rest of that fan base that wanted to see him accomplish more in the wwe because he's always been talented so He's gonna be able to prove it in TNA and New Japan and GCW. Like I, I, I can't wait to see what he does. I look forward to it. Um, he definitely seems reinvigorated. Uh, he definitely seems like this is something he clearly wants to do um, and clearly wants to get out there. And much like a Cardona, just go go around and do everything he can to try to lift the scene, uh, which is good because he's been in one system for for twenty years and. It, he got a little, little long in the tooth there. Uh, you know, every time Dolph came on, it was like, oh, okay, like here's Dolph. We know he's good. He doesn't really get a lot of chance to showcase himself. He's been stuck at one position forever. Now it's up to him to prove that he is, you know, bigger than this position. And so far, he's off to to a good start with things. Yes, people people in the chat are saying uh, Ash by Elegance Dana Brooke is also crossing the line. So yep. yes, you know, we'll see what. 
which he has uh, up her sleeve with, with everything. Um, I think people are very dumb trying to make assumptions and comparing it to Tony Storm just because she showed up with a dress uh, right. and, and looking elegant. Uh, but, you know, will Dana was another person who always talked about she wanted more opportunities and stuff. We will see, you know, if she's going to get these opportunities. We'll see how she does with them. I don't know if you had anything to add with Ash by. Ellen. Oh no, I was. I, I mean, I, I, I think that it's clear that she's she's targeting Dana or she's targeting uh, Jordan Grace, and they both have. People might not remember uh, Dana Brooke was scouted by the WWE through the Arnold Classic. Like she has like the the history with like weightlifting and stuff, and Jordan Grace is like big in that world currently and stuff. So there's maybe some like cool, maybe you know, you know, some stuff in their both of their backgrounds that they can kind of explore in the story and stuff with kind of like their like their training and their past and stuff. All right, we'll move on to the indie spotlight. I'm going to give a big mother fucking shout out. Joey Janela against Microman and the greatest match of all time. That's just the spotlight. Yeah, good. I mean, Joey Janela kicked Microman's head off. That was a great super kick. Uh, <laughs> man uh, went viral a few times this weekend. If you're not familiar with him, I'd, I'd recommend checking out like his work, uh, like in the U.S. especially for like MLW. But um, yeah, I mean, he's out there suplexing people, and and I mean, he's he's getting pops. You know, he's very, very, very small, but he uh, he can work. He doesn't. He has a nice six one nine also from the from the bottom rope. It's good stuff. So yeah, the man. Dropkick Janela through a door. Yeah, yeah. If you want to go through his spots, go. Yeah. Microman versus Joey Janela. Yeah. <laughs> if you've not seen Microman, he used to be on MLW TV. I don't know what yeah. happened there, but he's not yeah. really on MLW anymore. Him yeah. working GCW is just uh, hilarious to me. He wrestled the night before at the GCW show. Yeah. And he did the spot off the balcony where he dove onto five dudes. And of course, everybody has to fall over. And it's like, <laughs> I understand the. the some people are going to be very mad of like, how are you not catching this micro man? It's five of you. What are we doing? This is the silly shit in wrestling that I absolutely love that I absolutely pop for. Uh, and him diving onto five guys, including Josh Bishop, by the way, yeah. who <laughs> alone could easily catch him. Catch him with one I mean, hand. Yes. They, <laughs> they just all fell over. And Janelle is the perfect guy to wrestle any of these people. Because Janela just doesn't care. Janela's going to bump his ass off every single time to put on like a great match and give the fans a show. So yeah, you pair Microman, who is just hilarious. And again, a good wrestler with Janela, yeah. who is going to show ass and do what he needs to do. And you're going to get a, a just a hilarious match. So go watch it if you haven't. Go watch both of G the GCW shows, honestly. But if you only watch one thing, watch the microman matches well, or watch what we're going to talk about here in a second but yeah if you want to if you want to watch microman more like, like uh, he, he, was, he was he was kind of like the uh like an unofficial member of the second year crew in mlw but yeah he, he was in with like mance and and vanders and those guys over there so yeah if you want more more microman go check that out but yeah go ahead and lead into my spot like because i would i would i would argue if you want to watch anything from gcw this past weekend it's probably what i'm going to talk about but nope. um Shout out Microman and, and Joey. You know I love both those guys, but like what we're about to talk about here is uh is pretty cool. Microman and Joey, that's the only match. Yeah. All right. Have. So my so my my spotlight this week for the Indies, I got about four minutes before I have to clock in for the shoot job. Is uh we had Mustafa Ali make his GCW debut against Gringo Loco. 
And I thought that the the presentation for Ali was awesome. Like the theme music was great. The uh the, the guys like the flags behind him. He had like this whole crew come out with him. And this was in Chicago. So Chicago, like, there's, there's obviously heavy roots with both guys, both Gringo Loco and Mustafa Ali from Chicago. The match itself I thought was great. Um, Mustafa looked like he hasn't missed a beat. He's going to be perfect back here on the indie scene or like whatever he wants to do. He's going to fit in great. Um, there was multiple times where like, I thought Gringo Loco had him, you know, like I, this, this could have went either way. Both guys absolutely killed it. Um, the finish was great too. Gringo Loco hit a, uh, it was like a inverted Spanish fly off the top rope. Um, and then when he went for the cover, Mustafa Ali wrapped him up in a Koji clutch and made him tap out. I think he made him tap. I can't remember if he made him tap or he passed out. I think he might've passed out, but he, uh, but he put him in the Koji clutch and submitted him. And even more importantly, after the match, um, I don't have the quotes in front of me, but uh, Ali got on the microphone and basically said, he said something along the lines of, you know, be without Gringo Loco, like I wouldn't have done, I, there would have been no me on 205 Live without Gringo Loco. Um, there would have been no me on the Cruiserweight Classic without Gringo Loco. Um, I would have never pinned a, you know, a WWE champion. Like, you know, without Gringo Loco, you know, Mustafa Ali doesn't exist, is, is what is basically what he said. And that was even like that was putting over gringo loco even more than like if gringo loco would have just like pinned him clean in the middle of the ring like that was that was huge because that endorsement right there we already knew gringo loco and what what he was capable of I re- i've already been calling him the smoothest wrestler in the game for a while i love gringo loco he's also a super nice and humble guy and but there's a lot of the wrestling world that, that doesn't know him or did, uh, didn't know him or maybe blows a little bit from like ring of honor or something and for Ali to go public and say the stuff he said like that is just such a massive endorsement that like everybody's got to take Gringo Loco seriously. And I think he's just on everyone's radar now because of it. And that's, that's, that was great to see. Um, it's great to see Ali, you know, give respect to a guy who really helped him when he needed the help. Cause Gringo Loco has been around for a long time too. Um, he's just now finally kind of getting some of the spotlight himself. Um, so I, I love seeing Ali helping someone who helped him and elevate both of them, you know, kind of going forward. I thought I thought that was beautiful. It was a beautiful post match uh, speech that Ali gave to Ringo Loco. Uh, we talked a little bit about Ali last week, as far as just him kind of making the rounds on Independence. Now he's going to be wrestling at New Japan against Takahashi as well, which I'm really looking forward to that match. But him and the the Gringo Loco, him against Gringo Loco made sense just being in Chicago and everything like that match always made sense. I did not even realize like how much res- respect and history the two just kind of had with, uh, with what Ali was saying of like, you know, I wouldn't be here without this guy. Like I wasn't even privy to, to that. So it was a very cool moment. One, the match was great as you would expect. Um, but it was a cool moment post-match. Ali really putting him over like that. And it seems like he's doing this in, in every town he kind of goes to. He's putting over the guy that he, uh, he works with, uh, to try to try to build them up, try to lift them up. And you know, we've had Gringo Loco on this show. We we've both known of Gringo Loco for a while. He's been on ROH uh TV and like we know how good he is and hopefully this leads to to more big things for him. Yeah, absolutely. So shout out to Gringo Loco. Um huge fan. And I'm hoping to see Ollie do this for more of the Chicago guys. Like, you know, uh like one that really stands out to me is Craig Mitchell because I know that they are they have a history and I've talked about it before how Craig helped uh film and produce a lot of Ollie's 
kind of early segments that they use in WWE with him out on the street, like cleaning up the streets as a vigilante. Um, a lot of that was like Craig Mitchell filming that and the WWE wound up liking it and then producing it themselves and stuff. And Craig's a great wrestler. He's doing great work in freelance wrestling right now. I would love to see Ali pop up in freelance or one of these like Chicago based shows and uh, do the same thing for a guy like Craig Mitchell and stuff like, and, and uh, it's just cool to see a guy like Ali with all the success that he's had and all the eyes that are on him right now um that he's using that platform to help elevate others that have that have helped him along the way too like i that's what more can you ask of a guy that's that's a, that's 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 character of a good human being in my opinion so that that's that's that was really cool yeah and um he's gonna continue to to keep making the rounds in on the independent scene and i look forward to it so uh jensen i know you gotta run uh real quickly go ahead and plug everything and set up this interview because this is a steven jensen special Yes. So you can follow me on X at fight talk underscore. You can uh, use code fight talk and independent wrestling.tv and I'll listen to the weekender podcast over on Fightful select. Uh, that's every Sunday, sometimes Mondays. Um, it'll probably be pretty much Sundays going forward now that, that the Viking season is over. Um, but uh, this interview you're about to hear is from Michael. I believe you technically say his name Kanick, but everyone calls him Kanick or Kanicki. So Michael, we're going to say Michael Kanick. We're just, we're just calling him Kanick. Um, he is a part of the, uh, you've, you've seen him from like the major wrestling figure podcast. He's uh, the owner of the major bendy figure line, um, and the big, big rubber guys. we we'll talk, we talk action figures. Um, that's a big reason why I'm in this room right now doing the show. Um, everything behind me is signed. I've seen some people making make some comments, even this over here, that's signed by the Austin, the rock and triple H. That's a good one right there. Um, this one right here, you can't really see this is signed by, uh, Ernie race, junior Kino from the uh, Ninja turtles. I got some, I got some good stuff back here. Sting signed by, uh, signed Sting Raphael. So I'm going to get, get out, get some of my cool stuff out there right now because Kinnick's about to blow me out of the water because he is a massive collector. He is, uh, he's, he's very much in the game. Uh, and, uh, he was a super nice guy, really interesting past him and his family have a really interesting past. Um, and, uh, I'm really inspired by what this guy's doing in his story and, uh, and what they're doing with the, the major pod and everything. So enjoy this interview with, uh, with Knick. Uh, I'm about to go clock in for my shoe job. Appreciate it. As always, Jensen, good luck with the job. Good luck. Uh, with the promotion keep us updated on that i'll let you know uh, when i know something see y'all <laughs> and we will get into it uh michael Knick um from major bendy's a lot of action figure talk if you're into collecting if you're into figures you're gonna love this interview it was a great chat with michael uh very fascinating background with everything this man could it could have been like a genius scientist and instead decided to create men in their underwear that's what happened. All right, everybody, let's get into it. Michael Connick from Major Bendy's in the Creator Spotlight. Welcome back to the Creator Spotlight here on the Spotlight and Fightful. I am Steven Jensen, joined as always by Jeremy Lambert. And our guest today, you know him from the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. He is an owner of the Major Bendy's and all the behind the scenes, great stuff they got going on in that whole brand. We are joined by Michael Connick. Connick, thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you guys so much for having me. Shaking with excitement. Yeah, well, I am too, because people didn't get to see the pre-show, the, the dark match before we started going live yeah. here. And well, this will this will actually technically we're, we're recording now, but y'all will see it on Thursday. But um, we were just kind of fanboying out on uh, some of our collections and stuff. And I made sure to get some of my stuff in the background because I know 
I knew that Knick was going to come with the heat with everything in his background. <laughs> Jeremy, very plain. I feel you. very, yeah. I, I'm like, uh, I got, I got a Peter Forsberg figure here. That's, that's, it's about, it's about all I have like around me. So, yes, yeah, so I'm very out of my element. Uh, I was looking for my orange castle here, but I can't find it. Amazing. Autographed Hasbro wall. <laughs> Woo! Everything that is autographed. Ooh, that's so uh, cool. I've got a, uh, my my autograph collection right now. I showed you my Funkos a second ago. Like behind me, I've got some signed WCW and some signed uh, AEW. But I, uh, man, I, I see I see Myers uh, the the autograph collection. Yeah, Cardone with autograph. You guys, you guys are nuts. But so speaking of, I wanted to jump right into it. From the way I understand it, you were you were just a fan. Like you were a fan of the of, of action figure collecting in general, and like yeah. that's how you got in with. Cardona Myers and that that whole team over there was like as a fan and now you're like really important to what they're doing. I wouldn't say important, but I'm part of what they're doing. You're important <laughs> to it, man. Do, 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 you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, Don't say yourself short. Yeah, no, for real. Well, man. I am short. Doing great, um, you're doing great work, for real. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually a day one listener of the podcast. Um, and I was working at a Fortune 500 um, marketing agency it was boring it was tedious for me um it was nothing like Mad Men. uh even my boss <laughs> didn't even drink which was very disappointing uh so, <laughs> so i i was just really unhappy and i was listening to the podcast one day and they just seemed so happy and genuine when they were talking about collectibles and i was like that's what i gotta do so i just typed in in linkedin collectibles one job uh, popped up i applied for it next day i had an interview and then i got the job like a few weeks later um and it was a crazy experience because it, it the guys always say figure fate right yeah. and it was figure fate that i applied for this job and they were looking for someone who could lead the wwe brand that they just acquired so it was a company called eagle moss and they made those small wwe statues with the magazine and everything so i had the pop culture experience i you know i never worked in the toy business really i was working at this marketing agency i worked for another company before that um that did office supplies and like they made all these like weird tchotchkes for chase bank and that's where i actually got the knowledge how to do all these things um but it was figure fate because they were looking for someone who had marketing experience and knew something about the wwe so i just kind of fell into their lap um got everything i got the job and probably like two weeks later of getting the job uh the guys were doing a a promotion where they would call you for thanking you to uh for buying one of their shirts on pro wrestling tees and they called me and i let them know about the, the, the how they inspired me to get this job and i think it was just broski being cheap and trying to get free product he started following me on instagram <laughs> and um that's kind of how it started he uh he then mentioned later on the podcast that he was looking to make foam fingers and with my experience from my previous job um, I knew how to do that. So I, I reached out to him and I said, hey, I can get this done for you. Uh, it would just take about two weeks. Is that okay? And he was like, two weeks. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and um, yeah, so the, the foam fingers went into being uh, keychains to condoms 
and then the pandemic hit and um i was doing a lot more merch for them because they were on their own now when they got let go from the wwe and i had the idea of doing wrestling buddies um and we called them major buddies and um i have actually one right here next to me this is uh smart mark sterling awesome <laughs> but um so I had this idea to do wrestling buddies and do stuff that's outside of the normal merch, right? And Matt had zero faith in me. He said, uh, you know, if you can have if you can make it um and it looks good, I'll completely fund it. And that's what we did. Um I got him a prototype really quickly. He's like, Holy shit, you did it. Um, I think he then realized um I drink a lot, so he probably thinks I'm an idiot most of the time. Uh, <laughs> he realized I'm kind of smart, uh, and I kind of know what I'm doing. Um, and he was fully on board, and we made the buddies. It was uh, first to start off with Matt and Brian, and they sold out in the day. And I shipped them all out. Um, and after shipping them all out, I was like, that's really cool. People... We have something here. I think we can continue doing this, but I don't think wrestling buddies are the way to go because it's hard to collect wrestling buddies, right? You can't build a collection off it. A lot of space. A lot of real estate taken up. Um, and yep. you can't get, really get them signed. You can't really display it properly. Um, and I had just bought a bunch of bendums from Wrestling uh, Universe in Queens, and I had them stacked up, and I was like... I think I could bring this back and I think this is doable. I think this is, um, has nostalgia for me. I think it has nostalgia for others. Um, and that's how it kind of kicked off this, uh, voyage of <laughs> major bendies. I, I love it, man. And I, I love that the major bendies are a thing because <clears throat> I, I have the majority of the original like WWF, line of them outside of i've yeah. tried to, i've had i had some of the more expensive ones when i was younger and then like didn't have many more and now like i see like taz and too cool and, yeah, and stuff and i'm like i can't afford that now but um i used to have some of those um but uh i i love i love that line and the reason that i loved it so much is because i could find those at like big lots and stuff when i was younger like mm -hmm. they were and they weren't expensive so it was like you right. could actually you can actually get like a few of your favorite guys and they didn't they didn't scale well with like the rest of the figures that i had you know right. they were always much smaller but it was cool that you could get them um and uh and i, I actually collected a lot of them during the pandemic I, I started like re uh collecting a lot of them and a lot of it was because of the major pod because uh um, right. probably around 2018 or so i want to say i started seeing them popping up on like youtube and stuff and they were still in the wwe at the time doing like a wwe uh action figure hunting show for them on youtube a yeah. little bit and i was like i was like damn is it is it cool to be a collector again because i need it like maybe i should get back into this because like i had sold all my stuff from when i was younger and i was like and they made it cool again like you guys yeah. made collecting cool for adults which is like doesn't get enough credit probably like even just a handful of years ago this was not considered cool for adults to do this and now it now it is at least in my opinion it is now right yeah no i I, I always give them credit for that. They kind of made it cool again. Um, you know, the, there was like a period, I think everyone's gone through this as collectors, where you either hide that you're collecting or you stop collecting 
because you don't want the backlash. Like the movie, the 40 year old virgin gave us such bad rep mm-hmm. that like, you did not want to walk into the toy section and look at it. Like you did, but you kind of like, I know it was like, almost like walking that. to the pointo section in blockbuster. Yes. And if you made eye contact with someone else, especially yeah. if they were also wearing like a wrestling shirt or something, yeah. it was like, they're like, are this guy my friend or is he like my op? Because like he wants the same thing I'm looking for. Yeah. He's competitive. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Yeah, but now it's cool. Like it's open. Um, people show off their their collections now. It's like the thing to do. So it's it's bright times. The nerds have took over. Yes. <laughs> What were some of your your favorite things to collect lately, like growing up? What got you into really collecting? Um, we were saying this, we were discussing this in the dark match. Um, Power Rangers was my thing. Um, I love Power Rangers. Uh, you know, I remember going to Toys R Us with my um, brother and my mom, and it was like jingle all the way. Like there was a lottery <laughs> system to get the Megazord or the Dragonzord or the Command Center um, or the Flute. And I, it was just like a thrill back then. Um, and it still is now because I'm rebuying a lot of that stuff and I want it in a certain condition. I want the certain year that it was produced and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, Power Rangers is what really got me into it. Um, and then, you know, wrestling figures in general, because I can't think of when wrestling was not in my life because i my father watched it my brothers watched it um my mom secretly watched it she probably (laughs) won't admit it Uh, (laughs) um but yeah it's just so those were like the two big things for me okay you had mentioned a big power rangers purchase um on our dark match as well recently which i very much respect i um i love jason david frank rest in peace uh the original green ranger white ranger and uh I was actually very much in the market for what you purchased, but I was looking prior to him passing away. And I'd imagine a lot of his stuff has probably gotten even more expensive since then. So, yeah. um, but what, what are, what are some of your, your favorite power Rangers things that you like you currently have right now in your collection? Yeah. So um, I'll show this off. Actually, I have two tattoos that I could show off that yes. talk about the subject. This <laughs> The hoodie first. Uh, one's still kind of fresh. I got it last week. Oh, wow. Awesome. I'll show the first one. I, oh, I can't really show that. But yeah, so it's the green Power Ranger, the Automorph. The flip heads. Um, the flip heads, yeah. Yeah. Um, these, this is probably one of my favorite action figures growing up. It's still one of my favorite action figures. I have a complete set loose. I have a complete set signed. Uh, mint on card. Um so I actually had a mutual friend with Jason David Frank and at conventions, I used to hang out with him. Um, and uh, I, you know, I, I probably have a ton of stuff signed by him. I did a Power Rangers comic with him. Um, uh, it was with Boom Studios. It's uh, an exclusive variant cover with the green Power Ranger on one side, the white Power Ranger on the other. And then it's Tommy Oliver in the middle um but it's tommy oliver street clothes and if you'll notice it's half of it is the white ranger street clothes and the other half is the green ranger street clothes so it's him basically being both sides and um he signed a ton of the books for me for free um on the floor at new york comic-con uh just to help me out and 
awesome. Can't, I actually was just about to put this up. This was a gift that he gave me um, a New York Comic Con ago. Can't figure out the camera. No, but, yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. So he uh, he had a bunch of these that Hot Topic had just dropped off at his booth. And uh, he quickly signed one and gave it to me. Um, but that's like the type of guy that he was. He would always just sign things and give it to me because he knew I was a fan. But back on the topic, Power Rangers, number one. And then yeah, if you see that, Jeffrey the Giraffe. Oh, Toys R Us. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there we go. How, how many um, Toys R Us still exist right now? Oh, Anywhere. Uh, They're focusing on collectibles. Um, so they have Super 7 stuff. They have Funkos. They have Legos, like the higher end Lego sets. Um, and hopefully Major Benjis. <laughs> so one day. That'd be so <laughs> That's cool. the dream. Yes. Well, speaking of the Major Bendies, I don't want to somehow forget to ask this because this was a big part of the reason why I wanted to have you on when we invited you on. You guys have the Jay and Silent Bob Clerks Bendies coming out, which... I am a yep. massive fan of the Viewers universe. Um, uh, two of my favorite movies of all time are Clerks and Mallrats. I love, you know, Same. I love all of them, you know, but those are the two, you know. So, and I'll actually show you afterwards. I got a couple things I can show you that I can't show on here that I think you might think it's pretty cool if you like those guys. But the, uh, I, I, I love that you're making these figures because there isn't enough. Jansom Bob merch out there, I think anymore. They used to have like the the secret yeah. stash. They used to sell like more stuff, and yeah. um, I don't know. I I just I. Eddie, with another one of my fandoms, Jansom Bob, that I'm already yeah. thirsting for. Like when I go to when I go to retro, um. Uh, like toy stores and stuff. If I see like dance on Bob stuff, I usually will buy it. I'm like, cause I just don't see it that often. So the fact yeah. that you guys are merging these two things together, it was in a, a, an absolute no brainer pre-order for me. So um, I, I love I that you guys that. are doing this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks. It was just like, um, it was like another figure fate situation. Uh, it kind of just fell into our laps. Um, I've been trying to get licenses outside of wrestling um and i'm still you know i'm focusing on the music movies and tv shows um i came from a stand-up comedy background my brother was a stand-up comic um now he's a gordon ramsay season one food stars winner <laughs> um, um so yeah it, it's you know i have connections from my past experiences working at eagle moss and i've uh, made a lot of friends so it's just now expanding um outside of the wrestling world but yeah the kevin smith thing it, it's a dream come true because i actually went to film school because of the movie clicks wow um i didn't wow. finish i dropped out <laughs> and i went to i changed my major to marketing but it's kind of like a full circle moment now where now i am making the figures of clicks um, and I get to work with Kevin Smith. So this is probably even cooler than if I finished film school. <laughs> so how, how did that come together? Like you get in this business relationship with Kevin Smith? Um, 
it was i responded to something on social media and it um piqued the interest of his manager and uh they he dm'd me through uh x or twitter whatever you want to call it and uh it kind of started the conversation he did a deep dive into my background (laughs) and found out that you know i'm an honest legit guy i have mac and Brian with me also legit honest guys and within two weeks we had an agreement wow, wow so that quickly now do you yeah. have to run this by i guess like cardona and myers of like hey we're gonna produce this like is that is that cool yeah so it's strange i probably talk to matt and brian more than my own family now <laughs> um well always texting um so when it happened i just shot them a, a message saying hey this is happening i think this is a perfect fit for us um and they both agreed so uh you know most of the time i would say 98 percent of the time there's never a disagreement with what what we want to do because we both all three of us have the same collective mindset um but if there is a an issue we do a vote and the winning vote wins <laughs> and that's what we go with and, oh. and if it if it doesn't get messed up then the other one doesn't <laughs> well tries to hold their back saying i told you so <laughs> hey uh i had another question about kevin smith yeah with uh i don't know if you're familiar with this or not this is like kind of another one of my worlds meshing over but kevin smith was a, is a big fan of the show degrassi and he was on degrassi um <laughs> i don't know if you're aware of this or not but yes. um if you guys somehow could make Degrassi Bendoms, I would buy all of them. Like I loved I mean, that show growing up, and there was no merchandise. Whatever it takes, right? I know, I know, I can make it through. Let's go, Let's, dude. Kinnick, we, we just become best friends. Come I on, man. So. Let's go. Let's I actually go. have, I have a a Degrassi basketball jersey, and it's uh, Drake's uh, number. That's amazing. That is so great, dude. That is so great. Well, I would, I would absolutely love if you guys could somehow make something like that happen. Um, but I love that you guys are thinking outside of the box, like, and just, and you got, and you guys are such fans yourself that you guys, it isn't just about like a cash grab with you guys, which I really, really appreciate too. Like you guys are making products that like actual fans actually want to buy that we think is cool that we can take to, to signings and stuff. And like, I think that's a big part of it too. You guys aren't making like, lame like cash grab products these are like actually good products that that actual collectors want to get that real collectors are producing themselves i just think it's just kind of a win-win for everybody as far as i'm concerned yeah it's i think it's because once again we have the, the collector's mindset where everything we did with bendies and big rubber guys was done almost if if i would say 98 percent of it once again was done on purpose that makes it the way it is so like the resealable packaging i wanted to make sure that you can take it out play with it put it back in if you want to get signed there's that nice clear bubble that um you know i I think you go to these wrestling shows now and you see bendy's everywhere getting signed and it's insane and people love it and because of the resealable packaging people are just carrying stacks of clear bubbles with them at shows because you could just put the bubble on once you get the figure so uh, 
you know a figure's coming out, you can just get the bubble signed in advance. Um, it's it's really surreal. Like this is so fulfilling for me. And then there's times that we've done products like this the new Macho Man that's shipping awesome. out next week, I think. Um we've lost money on this. Like I bet Cardona was like, this needs to be perfect. I don't even care what the expense is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I mean, look at the deco heads. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. That's, a this great, is, that's a great thing. This is the most expensive bendy ever. There's <laughs> the hat, the glasses, the tassels, the deco heads. Um, we got Guy Dorian, the original Bendham's artist, to do um the trading card on the back. So it was what was supposed to come out. Everything about this was super expensive, but we were like, we don't care. Let's just do it. And we did the same with Big Rubber Guys. Series one, we went through so many prototypes to make sure that it was exactly like the original source. And we didn't care. We just, we wanted to, if we broke even, that was a win for us. Because then we knew that we were going to bring out a quality product that people can see and go, holy crap, I want to get Series 2. And then Series 2, we knocked it out with Demolition. I think Series 3 with Ric Flair. Uh, yeah. This this is, like, insane. So, like, I think we did the right thing of investing in ourselves and our product to make sure that we we're producing a great quality product that people will continue supporting throughout the years. Now, uh, with the big rubber guys, I wonder. You and this is this is nothing to put down anyone else, of course. Um, Jeremy Fidauer, good friend of the show. He's been he's been on here as well. Yeah. We we love Jeremy. I know you guys are big friends with him as well. Yeah. Um, I actually discovered him because of you guys. Um, and but one of the um criticisms of the AEW Jazzwear line is the LJNs, the, the different materials. And they, some of them, like they didn't really feel like yeah. the old LJNs. And is that, is that part of what went into your all's decision-making was like, yeah. there's been others who have kind of tried this. These need to be authentic. It doesn't matter if it costs more. Yep. Yeah. So, um, we did multiple things. We did, we went through different variations of the thickness of the rubber, um what the material was the size of them um and then we had a a thing with the packaging where it was like do we want to do it in the original packaging with the blister or do we want to keep that original i mean the, like what we do with bendy's with the resealable packaging and uh we wanted to make it different than the packaging different from ljn's because I feel like so many people have already mimicked that already that you get tired of it and we want it so that it's almost our own. Like we're paying homage to this product line, but it's our product line at the end of the day. So we didn't, um, that's why it's different. We get a lot of people upset about that, but it's just, you know, sure. look at the product. Of course. <laughs> but, hey, I, I just have I have one more question about that. I yeah. Jeremy, I'm sure you have other questions. I could talk about this all day, obviously. Yeah. But was was the was it was the line of thinking with the big rubber guys not only the nostalgia and like of course the market and the you know 
but was it yeah. also a lot easier for y'all manufacturing wise? Cause you're essentially taking bendums and like upscaling them. Right. It's like, it's all rubber. I think yeah. so like it, I'm sure that makes it a lot easier than going into like a completely different type of toy yeah. line. Yeah. The, um, you know, I was looking at other stuff to do, um, because, you know, at the end of the day, we are a business and to be competitive in the business, you have to keep on being innovative in the process. And um, I think that's what separates us from a lot of the other independent wrestling companies out there. Um, we're always thinking forward. And, you know, Matt and Brian are in the business, so we kind of have a, a little heads up on things. Um, but, yeah, it was just, it was basically, all right, I can take this small factor and just explode it up, and it's big, and remove the wire that's inside it because the Bendoms have the wire, the LJNs don't, right? Right. Um, so it's just doing basically the same thing that we're doing now, what we were doing, but just in a different form factor. Um, the biggest issue that we had, I mean, after all the prototypes, was the actual shipping of the product to us. Because I didn't calculate the the weight of them, and neither did the factory, with the blister packs and everything. And I got a shipment, and it was just all, you can't sell it to customers, because it was just, the packaging was destroyed. Wow. So um, what I did was uh, I have a science background. My brother's a scientist. We kind of just sat down and was like, what's the best way of training the factory on how to pack these things so they don't come destroyed? And I created this whole shipping method, and I should really probably get it patented. Um, and uh, I did a test run on them of 100, and it came, and they were all mint, and that's the new way that we ship these things out. Um, we'll have the factory ship it to me. Um, I still put it into a box and bubble wrap it normally, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's been pretty much a smooth ride. I think that might have been like the biggest hiccup. Okay, so is the brother with the science background the same brother that was on Gordon Ramsay's Top Chef? Yeah, or... yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have another brother I... too. But... Well, I was going to say, Kinnick, I, I, I can add to this because from what I understand, I, I've done a little research. Do, you guys have like auditioned for like Nickelodeon shows and stuff. Like, yeah. Can you tie all this together with like your brothers and this? You have this like Forrest Gump type background, it seems like. Yeah. That, yeah. If you can explain that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I always say that my brother is the smart Forrest Gump. Because really <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, my brothers and I, we were just, we were child actors that turned into these science nerds that would um, travel for like competitive science trip, like science fairs. Um, we would do science research at uh, colleges um, and then present them. Like I, I worked on nerve gases. My brother worked on nanorobots. Um, I have an Intel award. He's has a shit ton of awards. Went to Harvard at 16, uh, went to Cornell on a full ride. Um, and then he dropped out and, 
uh no he didn't drop out he graduated oh yeah. um but he he graduated and instead of doing anything with his degree in cellular molecular biology and economics uh he became a stand-up comedian um i was still in high school doing all the science stuff but i was like i know how to hack myspace and i hacked myspace and <laughs> Uh, created a program that would automatically add friends to someone's MySpace page based on the demographic, geographic, um, any interest. All that stuff was like public knowledge that no one knew that was actually worth money. Um, and that's what how Facebook makes money now. Uh, and we, I used that program to automatically add friends to his MySpace page to promote his comedy. And he quickly became one of the fastest growing MySpace comedians. So he was doing shows um, with Giannis Papas, but Kreischer, uh, he was opening up for Weird Al Yankovic and Snoop Dogg at um, a festival here at uh, Giant Stadium, uh, Bamboozle, it was called. And, you know, my brother did all this. Then he went off to uh, California. He followed some girl over there um became a ghostwriter in hollywood created this product called smart cups and that's what he's been doing um he also worked at tyson ranch for a while with mike tyson he was the head scientist there for a bit um but yeah it's just, it's it's so weird it's a we, we all have like a weird background of things that's wild that any of y'all because i know you, you i i i believe it was I, I believe it was you talking to Hornswoggle recently. I'd seen some yeah. clips, and I, you had mentioned the Nickelodeon stuff, um, like auditioning for Nickelodeon shows. Did did these worlds ever come together? Were any of y'all ever on like figure it out? Like this seems like they'd be the perfect like my I got I went you know I created this thing when I was yeah. a little kid. You know what I mean? No, um, we did a lot of extra work, and that was about it. Um, nothing too big, Chris. Actually, Chris was on um, where in time is Carmen Sandiego. Um, for it because he was asked a question. There was like a year frame and you have to say if the person was um, not yet born or already dead. And it was like 1842 or something like that. And it was Mick Jagger. And he said already dead. Uh, so I always like setting him Rolling Stone songs once in a while. I'm like, <laughs> already dead or not yet born. Um, uh, but yeah, he did he did a lot of extra work for like movies and stuff. Got to work with Al Pacino, um, Brad Pitt. Um, I was the not cute enough uh, brother that got dropped by the agency because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what extra work did you do for nickelodeon um i really didn't get to do any much extra work i probably did a, like a few of the voiceovers like clue clue um it was really uh chris and joey uh joey's the other brother that we really don't talk about it doesn't have that much of an interesting life um <laughs> actually no he was on a dating show for um tlc and ign called geek love um and they did two episodes for him because multiple girls were into him. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I actually, I actually now I'm remembering you, the, 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 why you got dropped for the agency. I, I remember you talking yeah. to Hornswoggle about this. So it is, so it was, it was, um, 
you didn't you didn't want to work on your birthday, right? And, I didn't want to work on my and, birthday, but it, but it might have been a Michael Jackson music video that you missed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they got the agency got really upset and just dropped me, um, and I just had to watch my brothers go on all these auditions, which I really didn't mind because I didn't like it. Um, I didn't like the camera being on me. I didn't like the attention. Um, I just really liked the craft tables that they had out for the kids to be hopped up on sugar so they can be energetic for the camera. So I would go in, I would steal all the fruit roll-ups and fruit by the foots and the gushes. I was living life. I didn't have to do shit. I was basically getting paid to not do anything. I was, I peaked at a young age. Now, do you still <laughs> currently eat all of those snacks that you just mentioned? Oh, I still do. Yeah, and Matt, okay. Matt hates the shit out of it because like he sees okay, someone healthy. <laughs> he's like you're the you own this company you have to be fit you have to look good uh, i'm like just eating garbage and drinking beer i'm like i don't give a fuck you're not the you're not the face out there like you're doing promotion and stuff like cardona and myers are those people yeah. out there selling everything yeah i'm um, the one who's up late at night talking to china <laughs> I I got a right to look like shit. I don't sleep. <laughs> um, I'm very fascinated how you you and your brother were, were scientists going to Harvard, Cornell. It's like, yeah, now stand-up comedian and in the world of wrestling making. I make figures, figures of half-naked men, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's, he's he's dying to sell his company so he can go back to stand-up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and you said you like you you walked away from a job at like a Fortune 500 company, like a, like a good like a good job. Yeah. You just weren't happy. I mean, yeah, I'm more. I mean, that's honestly that's. You're really out there living the American dream when you really think about it. Like you had a good job, but like you weren't happy. And like you literally like the thing you're passionate about, you get to do every day. And like, I mean, yeah, that, that's super fortunate, man. And, and, and has your relationship. I mean, I, I know it's obviously strong with Myers and Cardona, but like, was it always like that really from day one? Like once you guys, once, once they realized that like you weren't full of BS, like, the, yeah, <laughs> I, um, I, th I, I I always tell Myers, uh, I'm pretty sure you hated me when we first met. Um, <laughs> and he was like, I didn't hate you. I just didn't know who you were. Um, but now, like, Brian and I are like, we, he probably talk on the phone. One of the few people I'm, I actually talk on the phone with um, almost daily. Um, and he'll call just to check up on me. Um, and, and, you know, Matt is matt uh <laughs> but um no we have a very good relationship he, we uh we talk and you know i think we've gotten closer i mean we just spent a weekend together in an airbnb um so yeah it's it's insane like i used to i went to madison square garden to watch zach Ryder, right and now i am talking to zach Ryder daily and letting him asking him questions of what fiber do you take because i need to poop so it's like <laughs> it's insane <laughs> cardona is always praised especially now with this this independent run and everything of just being like when it comes to marketing and knowing how to sell yourself and put yourself out there yeah. all the independent wrestlers just speak so highly of him with yeah. that and then his character of course is he's an asshole who doesn't like anybody and is trying to piss everybody off so it's always fun when 
we interview wrestlers. I try to get the wrestlers to bury Cardona of like, just talk how bad he is. And they're always like, no, Cardona's so nice. He gives me this advice. And I was like, no, come on, like sell something, sell your match here with Cardona. But yes, he he's very always praised, always well-liked of like, yeah, Cardona told me to do this. And now I'm making this much off of this yeah. because of this. Um, and, and speaking of kind of working with independent wrestlers and legends and everything, like who has been... I don't want to bury anybody of like difficult, but like, has, has there been anybody like you've pitched it to them and like, they haven't quite been on board or like, uh, I don't know about this. Um, I don't think so. Uh, you know, we've had, we've sent people contracts and they just didn't sign it. Um, Oh, who's that? <laughs> Can you give us all the exclusives real quick of uh, who isn't signing these? Or, I mean, there's people I really want figures from too. I guarantee you it's like my favorite people, and they're like, yeah, their table right now. Yeah, and I, you know what? It's just they'll eventually sign it. We'll probably just have to, you know, to go up to them and talk to them and show them the figures. They may just be not sure, but for the most part, um. Everyone wants to work with us, and I think it's really we we have a very nice symbiotic relationship with Matt, Brian, and myself, uh, and TTD, and you know we have Josh um, who does our three D designs, and um, Brian Beatty who also does our three uh, D designs. But you know we we've created a, this relate it's a symbiotic relationship. Matt and Brian are just so well known wrestling world because they've been doing it for almost 20 years or if not 20 years and they've built that trust with people and then there's me who i've been doing this for almost three years now of the figures but i've also been doing merch for the guys for almost five years and i've never fucked anyone over i always deliver on time um if there's a mistake i own up to it um and you know the, these guys talk right so it's gotten to the point where we don't have to chase anyone for contracts people come to us there's wrestlers who i've never met all of a sudden just text me and just say hey i heard you're the guys to talk to can you help me with so and so for my merch table and i do it um you know, uh, I think uh, Chavo Chavo Guerrero is actually lives very close to my brother. Um, I've known him for longer than Matt and Brian for almost ten years. You know, he he re, re, reconnected at WrestleCon this year, and he's bragging to me, bragging to the guys about me, saying this guy's a genius. You don't know his family. <laughs> everything you got to trust him whatever he says you got to do it is like that that holds weight right because yeah chavo is um a locker room leader man i i can i can only imagine some of these conversations like now because like at first it's like what like what are these like who's gonna join up for this like how successful is this gonna be and now it's like dude, we want in on this. Like we see this is working and we love these things. We want in on this. I, I love that. And, and to see some of the people that got these early on, like guys like Effie and like Nick Gage and these kind yeah. of guys, like it's just awesome for them to just have that extra merchandise for, 
especially because there's only a, a limited amount of people who are going to get like you know like jazzwares figures and mattel figures and this kind of stuff like right. it's like a, it's a great opportunity to just have cool merchandise with people you can trust and that, that's that's just super cool and and i also saw zombie had done uh the, the nick gage figures recently and they got in the gcw logo on one of those yeah. i was like that's got to be the first time the gcw logo has been used on something was on on that so it's it's cool seeing kind of like you guys like zombie and you and all like the like it, it's like y'all's your whole it feels like the whole like squad of you guys like everyone's winning right now it feels like yeah and you know there's a, a there's a group of us who kind of just help each other out too with things so like zombie and i talk all the time um there's you know i'm, I'm friendly with the guys at epic i'm friendly with the guys um at wrestling collector so like we we kind of just all talk and we help each other out um I, you know, it's like the stand-up comedy world where it's like Joe Rogan, right? He has his crew of people that he hangs around with, and they kind of all lift each other. And you see that crew elevate each other, right? They're not competing with each other. They're just helping each other. And I feel like that's the same with the wrestling world with the independent toys. There's a group of us that said, hey, you're a good person, you're a good person, you're a good person. Let's all just try to help each other out. So if I have a contact that someone might need, I will gladly hand it over to them. Um, and they'll do the same for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the GCW stuff, I mean, we did the first, not GCW, but we did the first Conrad figure. We did the first Danhausen figure, first Nick Gage figure. Uh, we did the Ric Flair's last match figure which the robe was designed based off the figure so that it could match. So the figure came first and then the robe. Really? I did not know that. That's super yeah. interesting. And um, uh, the fun story about that was Conrad asked Matt who can make a figure for the last match. Now, the last match was two and a half months or three months away. And, you know, Matt didn't want to, like, promote his own company and, you know, try to show off. He was asking other people for Conrad. And then he's like, well, do you... he texts me in the side and he goes, do you think we can do it in time? Because no one could deliver in, on time. And I said, say yes, and I'll figure it out. <laughs> so <laughs> I lied. And I I got the figure done in um, from production two in hand in two and a half months um and it was enough time for us to ship it have rick flair sign them so that they could sell at the merch tables over there and it was completely nuts and then we had a similar situation with high spots with the nails figure which is the first nails figure since the hasbro um and we did that i think in a month um so this goes back to you know being an honest and, and trustworthy guy where people can come to us with these deadlines and know that i that will deliver and you know they're gonna have a quality product and they're not gonna have to worry about anything and if there is any issues we'll figure it out and how to resolve them yeah 
is there is there any uh figure piece of merch like anything that hasn't been done yet that you're just kind of like itching to do yes can, can you share anything? No. <laughs> fair, fair. I was trying to get something. Trying to see if there was a kill him if he says anything. No. Um, they don't even want me to do Well, it's funny because for a while I wanted to do the big rubber guys and they just didn't want to do it because they said, we got to focus on one line. We got to focus on one line. And I'm like, finally, I got tired. And I was like, look, guys, we we've locked this down to a full system. We know what we're doing with this. It's time to bring something else in so we can expand. You either do it together with me or I'm doing it on my own because someone else is going to do it before us and I don't want to be the one copying them. I want to be the one where people are copying us. And uh, Brian was on my side. Um, Matt's like, all right, go see if it can be like the LJN. If you can do it, then let's do it and i sent him a prototype i think like in a week later and it wasn't exact right but it was really damn close and he's like okay let's do this let's keep working on it and and that's how that build up um and you know i'll probably end up working on stuff on the side without him knowing (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm very interested to see what comes next from from y'all's minds because I'm, I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing up to this point for sure. Um, someone else I wanted to ask you about, this is a yep. really random question. It's just because he's in y'all's world. And I, I'd imagine you've interacted you probably even on camera and I probably dismissed it. What are your opinions of super Gabby? <laughs> so I grew up, I don't know if you're familiar with the comedian, Joey Diaz. I am. Um, yeah. Okay. So me and Joey Diaz grew up in the same town in union city, New Jersey. For me, Super Gabby is nothing special. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I went to school with 200 other Super Gabby. A lot of guys like Super Gabby. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, he's a lot. Um, I, I, I like his videos, but he's a lot. Like You can tell, you can tell Cardona a lot of times, like, bro, chill out a little bit. I'm starting to get a little bit nervous out here. Yeah. Um, I've interacted with him a lot. Uh, I went to his storage unit, uh, spoke to him uh, backstage at shows. Uh, the dude's just shot. That's the yeah. best way to explain it. He's a nice guy. He's just shot. Gotcha. Yeah. And anyone else in like that world that uh, you want to give like a shout out to on the show today? Like maybe some other people from like the, the YouTube channel or maybe some other like other like collectors of people that you see kind of out and about pretty often out there? Um, I mean, everyone that's supported Major Bendy's, there's people who've helped us with uh, photos. Uh, Matthew Goldberg, uh, the guys at uh, the AI. AIC podcast. Um, there's uh, so many people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But just anyone that's helped us in the past and um, be supportive of everything that we've done, you know, I, I appreciate it. Um, if you've bought a figure, if you've just even liked or engaged in one of our posts, um, told a friend, everything is appreciated. I didn't know if you, you had any any other any other questions there, Jensen, with the figures. Well, I know we I have, we have a, a thousand. Yeah, well, we'll we'll have we'll have Kinnick back on in the future <laughs> for sure because they're they're going to be pumping out the merchandise. So hopefully he will be cool taking the time to come on here in the future. Yeah. We we could talk because I mean there's a whole other rabbit hole. We try to keep this within like forty five minutes to an hour. 
there's a whole other rabbit hole we can start. Oh, that's so sick. There's a whole other rabbit hole we can go down. That's not even wrestling related on just Power Rangers and, and 90s stuff. I mean, <laughs> I'd be here for hours. I could talk Power Rangers, comics, Star Wars. Um, I mean, you name it. Uh, <laughs> I could do it. I'm just looking at my wall. I have a, a whole autographed section of Star Wars Black Series figures. So, <laughs> and then, yeah. so yeah. We, we, we ask everybody on the show the coolest thing in your room and yeah. you know a lot of a lot of times it's it's wrestlers so they have like a yeah whole piece of merch or a childhood memory but but you uh padauer um uh i, I i'm blanking and you're gonna have to help me jensen uh, no, another big figure collector that we had on i mean we've had kyle we've had, kyle oh kyle. kyle peterson yeah yeah yes yeah. Oh, kyle kyle, Peterson's like, great yes yeah, when, great when these people come on and they have these big figure collections like what's the coolest thing in your room and it's like well yeah. just look at this wall behind me like it's all cool <laughs> shit. <laughs> i mean yeah i mean i my room is really cool it's like i have autographed mike tyson action figures i have a graded copy of wayne's world on vhs uh because that movie probably shaped me to be the terrible person i am um autographed power ranger stuff um but the cool thing that i have is and it's probably not even worth that much um it's a autographed cell copy of the animated spider-man cartoon from the 90s and it's signed by stan lee and um i like it so much because there's a story behind it my father uh is an old school turkish man who thinks I should have become a doctor and I failed in life. Um, though now he appreciates that I make figures of half-naked men because he loves <laughs> wrestling so much. Um, but he he found this uh, in the garbage room in a building complex that we, li we lived in um, when I was a kid. And uh, he grabbed it and brought it into the apartment. And my brothers and I have OCD and like we're like, ugh, something from the... and uh i quickly got gloves removed the frame and you know took it out and got it reframed but um yeah i think that's the coolest piece just because when i look at it i just think of my dad who's i'm talking about him as if he's dead but he's not he's very much alive <laughs> <laughs> That, that's cool though i like that a lot a lot of the time the most like sentiment some of my favorite stuff in my collection too is like isn't the most yeah. expensive stuff it's like the memory of like whoever gave it to me or whatever right and i i definitely i definitely appreciate that as well um man we could talk forever do you do this ran this is one last random question yeah. do, you collect, do you do you collect cards also so i um i collect trading cards I actually have a pile that i'm sending off I have a, two separate piles. I have one pile for PSA and another pile for CGC. Um, but I am nothing like Brian uh, <laughs> and his collection. Gotcha. I was just curious because that's something that, like, I got really, really deep into the figures, you know, over the last few years and then started running out of real estate as, you know, all collectors start that becomes a problem yeah. and then i was like okay maybe i'll just switch to the to the cards a little bit here as like a little change yeah. up because they don't take up too much space yeah and then that became a really dangerous rabbit hole because now i'm buying them by you know by the blaster or by the hobby box and stuff but so now i've actually got 
a whole like and now the cards are taking up a whole bunch of space because i'm running out of like drawer room and binders and all this same. stuff so it's just because see, but now I'm, I'm in the same kind of boat too i've started to get my cards graded and stuff recently too so yeah um you know it's become a whole other fun it's all expensive it's all a very yeah. expensive hobby but um cool it's good to know you're 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 in that card world too um because i've been dabbling more in that myself so. i actually um i have two cards that i'm sending off to uh psa to get graded it is an autographed rookie card of hacksaw jim duggan and the first hacksaw jim duggan major bendy card signed and i'm gonna get a cool display and display them together hopefully they come out come back in a good grade but yeah very cool i'm like i might have an ego problem but i've started to like change how i collect and buy things where it can feature major bendies uh but... i don't blame you at all for that i'd be doing the same thing are you kidding me um it, it, have, have you gotten anything graded of of your own line so far or is that the first that you're going to be doing that's going to be the first but i'm sending a few major bendies cards to get uh graded uh one being uh the canic trading card um and i i, I might just start walking around like um logan paul with like the charizard and just Oh yeah, <laughs> I love and that. that'll be my uh, outfit when I go to wrestling conventions. Man, you've got to you've got to have the the you got to have PSA ten cards, right? I mean, like who all if you don't yeah. who who would? I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, you're the source. Yeah, I have a few, um, but nothing, nothing crazy. Uh, well, I'm talking about like your current, like your bendies, like anything that you get graded, like. You oh yeah, make, yeah. Like, 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 no one's gonna have a better chance of getting PSA ten graded merchandise than your own merchandise that you send out. So, well, you would think so, but yeah. <laughs> um, I was in the graded comic business for such a long time. I used to do it as a side gig uh, to pay off my college uh, loans um, and buy this house. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, I used to go all the time to Midtown Comics early in the mornings on Wednesdays, and I would take from the racks all the mint copies of books that I know would go for money, get them graded. And there's books that you would think that are going to come back as 9.8s, and they would just come back as like a 9, and you're just sitting there confused. And then there's times where you, you think you're going to get like a 9, and it comes back as a 9.8. And like it's just it's gambling. But it um, is. and I've noticed that depending on when you do it, like um, like I know there was a big Pokemon boom like a few years ago, yeah. and then like all of a sudden it became I I I don't I I'm dabbling and kind of paying a little attention to that world a little bit. Like there, it's I, I it seems that once like the big boom happened, that it became a lot harder for PSA. Like it, they stopped like kind of handing out like the tens. It started it seemed like everyone yeah. started getting nines maybe because of how many that they were seeing all of a sudden and they're like oh actually so some of the ones that actually weren't there they are graded tens but now they'd probably be graded a nine if you sent it right now so you even have to consider that that like that'll even fluctuate over time the way that they grade the cards so yeah i'm not sure what the system is on that but um i think now what they do is they have a computer grading them so that they can grade faster gotcha that makes sense i guess at the end of the day if they can like take the human error out of it i guess but yeah that that's such a massive i mean for people who are listening to this i don't know i mean the difference between a 10 and a 9 is like that's everything it's, i mean yeah so 
Um, anyway, Nick, I mean, I, I, I we'll, we'll wrap this up. <laughs> I, I, I could literally talk to you forever about this kind of stuff. We really appreciate it. Whatever you want. But well, I, we, <laughs> I will stay in touch and we will do this again, yeah. especially as you guys continue to, to pump out more merchandise. We can, you know, have you on and talk some more action figures collecting and, you know, promote your stuff and, um we're, we're big fans here of what cardona and myers and smart mark and everyone on that team is, is doing so thank we you really dude. appreciate you coming on here man yeah i mean let me just plug this real quick we got clicks for sale right now yeah yes <laughs> we got the click spendies on sale right now at majorbendies.com but we also have mark marrow uh butter bean which i think it's butter beans first figure um and uh a little rookie called uh nick nemeth uh is up as well um and then that's available for three weeks um so i don't know the exact date it's like february 5th i think is the last day to order um and once those that time period is closed off that's it you can't order these again um you may be able to find them at another retail partner but if you want to guarantee that you have these in hand i would order now um and then in february we're gonna have hacksaw jim duggan uh, big rubber guy and um magnum ta uh so those are two big rubber guys i would place your order right away because if you're looking at what they're going for right now on ebay of past series it's going for two to four times the price that we sold uh at retail so um get your orders in <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can put the uh, the link to the Jan Silent Bob pre-order in the in the description yeah, okay. of this video too. So people who cool. listen to this, if you guys want to go pre-order those uh, Jan Silent Bob figures, and we'll have other links down there below, so y'all can follow Nick and everything they got going on. Um, also, very random, but that's really cool. You guys are doing a butter bean. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with independent wrestler Cole Radrick, but he told us a story about he he wants um he wants to, butter the, bean to punch him he wants Butterbean to to give him the johnny knoxville he, yeah. he wants to get paid to take the so maybe maybe we ought to get cole radrick a Butterbean. maybe we'll give him give him one of those as a gift so i yeah. shook i i shook Butterbean's hand at WrestleCon, and all i could think was fuck could you imagine getting punched by this guy <laughs> and cole, i was like cole's a crazy person and, yeah he's insane yeah i, I, was, I was thinking I, i'm like Fuck, can you imagine getting punched by him right now? I'm like, <laughs> what would it be like in his prime? Right. <laughs> like, I would be dead. Yeah, for real. That would just be it. That'd just be it. Yeah. He's such a nice guy and cool guy. So I'm happy that we were able to do this figure. And it's it's insane. We got the Clerks Bendies, Butterbean Bendy, and then uh Matt being called out in the on the Emmys. So it's like yeah yeah major benny's going hollywood that's it <laughs> awesome matt's got, got the, the shout out basically for best body basically at the end so. <laughs> yeah yeah matt's got the match against uh paul walter hauser coming up yeah uh, like a month from now no less yeah. than maybe even it is by the way it is um february 5th is the the pre-order window for okay. the marrow uh nick nemeth and and butterbean so everybody cool can- pre-order those uh yeah all the links are below everybody when, when you watch this links are below to to follow michael if you want to follow him to check out uh everything from major bendies um and yeah we appreciate it thank you again we'll, we'll have to do this again i know jensen jensen is the big collector i used <laughs> okay. to collect when i was younger and then i i 
don't don't have the the funds uh too many too many kids 12 kids i they i gotta spend on them not not yeah. my own figure stuff uh Dude, but i sickness, appreciate it. it's a sickness but like i could be addicted to worse stuff than action figures. right right, right. You know i mean so yeah the yeah. the nostalgia of it like that's what i'm a big fan of like when you're talking about like the big rubber guys those are like my favorite figures from, right. from wcw like the the big rubber figures like i love these more than the uh, i love the bone cruncher stuff but like i'd like the big rubber figures so like i love the nostalgia of it i, I love i really just like what matt and brian do in general the the way mm -hmm. they have taken collecting and made it so cool in the wrestling yeah. world like i really appreciate the everything they've done with that so thank you thank you so much michael we really appreciate it again thank you guys the links are below thank you again michael for your time and guys we'll be right back here on the we are back big thank you to michael knick for hanging out with us for an hour talking about major bendies and everything going on in the world of wrestling figures and collecting thank you guys for hanging out with us for the past two and a half hours being active in the chat, leaving some super chats, leaving a thumbs up on the video, supporting the show. Really appreciate it. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to try to rest and sleep and hopefully have enough energy for in the weeds tomorrow. And uh, yes, hope everyone has a great day. Um, TNA wrestling is back tonight. Everyone can enjoy that. It's, it's not a clip show. It's actual live wrestling or taped, but live, you know, new, new matches. TNA is back tonight. ROH is tonight uh tomorrow smackdown it's actually one of the slower weekends as far as like no major events i don't think i'm missing anything so it's a good opportunity to rest and reset because the rumble is next week so be a good opportunity to rest i look forward to doing that hope everyone gets some rest hope everyone has a great day guys thank you again for all the support we appreciate it go to fightful.com get all the news sign up to fightful select get all the news before anybody else maybe one day sean will have an update on sid Head over to Fightful Overbooked, subscribe over there. That's the sister channel where we do new shows just about every single day. We appreciate everybody. We'll catch you all next week right back here on the Spotlight.